0: I know you don't like to talk about your life, but a guy with a freaking machete for an arm just chopped our bus in half. My name is Matthew Kroll. I thought I
1: could change my name and start a new life, but I could never escape his shadow. I'm Patrick Willems.
0: And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Shang-Chi. And the voice you just heard, dear listeners, is of course not our favorite New Zealander, Shahir Dowd. He could not make it today, so I brought in the literal biggest guns In cinema that I possibly could think of, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome all the way from his desk in Brooklyn, pretty much the Terrence Malick of YouTube, the phenomenal Patrick H. Willems.
1: Uh, Matt, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And what you're really just saying about yourself is that you just don't know any guns in (laughs) cinema (laughs) at all. Hey,
0: We have some guns. We have. um, Well, actually, I I will say this on the last episode, which we just did about Hudson Hawk. We had another Patrick on. What? <laughs> so we know so many Patricks. Who? Uh, Patrick Hosmer, a wonderful uh, graphic designer. Uh, okay. Which that is his favorite film. We had a whole conversation. He was on another one, another episode, where he said a different movie was his favorite. Then he came to terms with the fact that actually Hudson Hawk was his favorite film. And we had a whole discussion about what he that He had to means. look
1: inside his heart and realize, you know, if he's being true to himself, This, it. You know, I've never seen Hudson Hawk. So uh,
0: it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I thought I had. And it's so funny, now I'm just talking to you here, and listeners, you're going to go through this because I want to talk about this, even though you might have already listened to that episode. I thought I had seen Hudson Hawk, and I turned it on to watch it again, and I realized I had never seen Hudson Hawk. It was one of those things where I'm like, I know this thing, he, it's Bruce Willis. He's being silly, and there's bad guys he's chasing got a, he's him. He's got a hat, right? Got, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I had never seen Hudson Hawk before, and it was a ride. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, to be fair, Hudson Hawk was a famous, uh, you know, calamity, you could call it? Uh, Not a successful film. No. By almost any regards. And again, I say this as someone who has not seen the movie. Just its reputation is an unsuccessful film. So I think a lot of people have not seen Hudson Hawk, but I've always been curious about it as, like, this weird oddity, this sort of, like, vanity project that Bruce Willis really wanted to make when he had just, like, recently become... A big movie star, yeah. and uh, I'll check it out at some point.
0: It was a very fun episode. Uh, it, it, Hudson Hawk, for me, falls into the category of more fun to talk about than it is to watch. I know exactly what you mean. So, so yeah, everyone, hey, listen to that. If you already haven't, that was a fun episode. You can also email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com to tell us if you've seen Hudson Hawk or if you just had a weird psychic meltdown dream yourself of seeing Hudson Hawk and never actually seeing it. Um, but Patrick... This is uh, we we got to see this film together, and we're going to get into Shang Chi. We did uh, very. We'll, we'll get into how that sort of came about in a little bit, but I I kind of want to give people a bit of a uh, an MCU origin story of yourself. I want people to if they haven't heard of your of your amazing work over on the YouTubes. Uh, can you break down sort of what your channel is over there and and how it sort of came to be? Because you've been running your channel for like.
1: A decade, ten
0: years. Yeah, uh, yeah. The,
1: uh, uh My my first, I think, I really started in in June two thousand eleven, and it was not at all successful or <laughs> profitable, <laughs> an, uh, for five and a half years. This checks out. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I did YouTube for a long time, uh, and it it, it was not. Uh, and I will say, in that time, every so often there would be a video that would like be a hit, and uh, like like uh, you know, to t- to date, my still the most successful thing I've ever made is the uh, the what if Wes Anderson directed X Men video, mm-hmm. uh, which was like a little blip that did well, and uh, I gained like no subscribers from that and uh, made no money, and then it was back to just uh, failure. Oh, and um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but the the videos were all, you know, like back then they were all like narrative shorts and and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like riffs on cinema and uh, me liking to try to imitate the styles of different directors. And then in late 2016... When I was considering just quitting YouTube <laughs> because it was, uh, I was just losing money on yeah. it, and it wasn't developing into anything, and I had no ideas that were as good as a Wes Anderson X Men. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a chance for like a, a few more months. I'll try to make a, a video every week instead of one every three weeks like i'd been and yeah. i was like oh, i don't know i'll try i'll try making a video essay i have a degree in cinema studies how hard can it be uh and uh I'm like, no one's gonna watch it because it's like this dumb thing where i'm just gonna like you know complain about the co- like the the visual look of marvel studios movies this rant i've been giving to my friends for years <laughs> and um anyway i was wrong and uh, <laughs> uh a lot of people watch that video and suddenly we gained a lot more subscribers than we'd built in the five and a half years and uh anyway i realized i should make more video essays and uh skip ahead almost five years the channel is all video essays yeah and uh and now it's my job and so that's
0: that's basically my youtube origin story story. the um it's funny i think i first saw your stuff uh with that with the with the wes anderson x-men thing back in the day and then um uh I remember I remember like I my one of my favorite things to do is when I find a new channel that I like to go back and look at the early stuff. And I think when and I'm just a sucker for cats as you might have noticed from there's always around here somewhere but we were talking about plushies earlier and all that shit. Uh there were, you did some like just silly little thing about like a patriotic cat or something. There it's like it's old as hell.
1: Oh, action cat.
0: Action cat.
1: Yeah, it, I I we okay, this is legit 2011 yes this is maybe two months into making youtube videos where i'm just trying to figure out like what are youtube videos yeah. what is what is this and uh, i had this dumb idea where it's like I, what if i think it was a week where i did a video a day and each video yeah was basically <laughs> i just shot footage of like friends pets <laughs> and then Tried to edit them, and like, but then like threw in all these VFX and made them look like they were stars of action movies. So uh, there, was, there was action cat, action dog, action hamster, action cow. Oh, As in, I just found a, a field with a cow in it and filmed the cow. Sure. It was just a, an unbroken shot of explosions happening around a cow that wasn't <laughs> reacting. Um, those
0: videos, unsurprisingly... Didn't get a lot of no, views. No, but it's funny. I I I don't know why. Like I always re- like so a little bit. Um, I'm gonna rewind for a second and fast forward at the same time. One of the reasons, um, I absolutely love your channel as it lives and breathes today. You, you are so kind. No, no, no. Is because and is you you you've done something that I think a lot of people, myself included, have tried to do with content, uh, video essay content for a while, uh, and that is sort of build in. Uh, a enjoyable meta narrative sort of around it to sort of not like, cause you can kind of hit sort of two audiences with that. You can get the critical, you know, cinema thinking stuff there and also like a sort of fun dessert sort of thing along, along with it. I did a thing forever ago. This is pre YouTube. I'm 119 years old. I did a thing called, um, uh, same night movie review. Okay. Uh, where yeah. we would the same night go shoot, write, edit, and post. This is pre-YouTube. Like we'd upload Quick Times to a website. Whoa! It, like w- this is the ancient. good old days. Yeah, and it was spawned from uh, going to see the film *Ultraviolet*, the Mila a Jovovich, Kurt, a Kurt Wimmer film. Yes, um, that was his follow-up to *Equilibrium*. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and I I was so angry at that movie that I set up my had my roommate set up a camera. And I ranted at it for four minutes, and then that slowly became a thing we did for years. And now that's just what most of YouTube is. That is now what. Yeah. So, but but except we, people rant for
1: longer than four minutes, right?
0: Uh, we also because we were young rated films with shots of alcohol because we thought it was clever. One being the best, five being the worst because the more you need, the less the less good the thing. I don't and, know uh, I mean, the whole thing. The, the math checks out, but regardless, um, I feel like you've really cracked, like. Like, you've cracked the balance of what people seem to want to see of analysis and like narrative of your own. And I, it's something that is, I find so difficult and I am in awe every time. Again, I'm still catching up on your current arc. Right. So, so you might get
1: ahead like, five or six
0: videos and be like i take back everything i said he's, well, he's
1: gone too far this is a disaster
0: as of right now i'm enjoying it i just uh what was i on i just finished i'm way back i just finished the um oh no i'm on i was on it was a side but one where you did the um the the six topics you were doing like the talk show thing oh, based around
1: so you're at the okay yeah the, uh so you're at the beginning of what i am going to i'm going to sound like
0: can I swear on this podcast? Yes,
1: you can. Okay, I'm just to sound like such a self-absorbed asshole here who's just <laughs> gone way too far. You are in ass. good
0: company, my friend. Uh, Welcome.
1: So that's the beginning of what we uh, we on the channel like to call the talk show era, You're right? As in uh, the backstory for that is uh, in March 2020. Yeah. Um. I uh, in like March, I think 12th or 13th, uh, I went upstate to uh, visit my parents for a weekend to shoot a video. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and that happened to be the weekend Mm. when the pandemic reached New York and things started getting bad. And, uh, and so I, I was looking at the news being like, maybe instead of going back to the city on Monday, uh, I'll, I'll extend my trip until the end of the week. And then that became the end of the month and then things weren't ending. And then I was just like, oh, I live here now and I have to just, uh, find a way to do my work in a new location and alter all these plans we have uh, and and just and do the, yeah and just do it all differently and yeah. so so I was there for 5 months and we turned the regular videos and we decided my my I thought it was clever uh, because all of the late night talk show hosts yep. We're having to uh, do their shows from their homes and basically becoming YouTubers. I was like, "What if I try to beat them at their own game and turn my show into a late-night talk show, but deliver <laughs> video essays through that <laughs> format?" And we got we got a band and all that. We had the, the different like team members have like recurring segments on the show. Yeah, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. And um, and that's how I spent last summer, just doing a uh, a talk show from. Uh, my parents' guest bedroom. Yeah,
0: well, and now I mean, you're you're neck deep in what I would consider, and what I've heard. It's funny. I I keep wanting to jump ahead, but I refuse to. I will watch these in order. Uh, the 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 sort of Charles arc of your uh, the entirety, which I know that the the late night sort of arc fits into as well, or at least is yeah. in the middle of. Um, which uh, again. Uh, if anyone is not has is listened to this and hasn't seen my videos they have got they're, they're, be gonna be so get, they're so not going to know. Well right then now. check it here's the deal. Go watch the stuff. Go watch Patrick's stuff. You will know all of the things that we are discussing because uh it's a really good time. And and even beyond all that. Let's even let's get into this then. We like to ask people before we discuss the movie that we're here to talk about what their sort of um cinematic uh taste profile I I use the word oeuvre, <laughs> like whatever whatever they actually like really sort of vibe with and in general not even um, what you enjoy sort of even talking about or dissecting even on the channel but what are the films that you gravitate towards yourself for just like I want to just love and watch and experience this type of movie is there a specific genre you lean into or, or director
1: that uh, yeah that's that's a really good question especially as someone who just thinks about and talks about movies all day every day I think I've got pretty broad taste yeah uh and um I try I, I really try to be like well versed in things and so like I have uh you know my like watch uh, my, like two watch list of things I need like I have I have this uh Google doc which is just like things I need to watch which is basically grouped with like directors where it's like okay these are all all like all these filmmakers like you know the, i need to like work my way through if not all their movies at least the ones that seem like you know uh like the, the consensus seems to be worth mm-hmm. seeing and it's like it's like across the spectrum it's like i i want to be like i, I i'll watch if if it might be good i'll watch anything yeah um i do uh, in terms of what am i drawn toward oh my god it, it, it's such a
0: big question that this is where i like my brain freezes up let me let me i'll break it down a little bit then so like I, I always sort of break in my 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 movie watching experiences i break into sort of like vibes if i just want to sit down and sort of veg and just like be sucked into a world and not think not not think about the craft of what is going on that's sort of one vibe that's just sort of like the i, I just call it like couch vibe mm-hmm. if there's sort of like like there's films that i don't like on the surface, I'm like, I didn't really enjoy that movie, but, oh, man, like, discussing it and what sort of went into it and the styles and the things that they decide—Hudson Hawk. Like, there, there's there's things like that, which is more of an analytical vibe. Like, do you break it down in that way, or is it something that, like, because you're so deep in all of this that it's just a big old soup and you can kind of get down no matter what mood you're in?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean— the the stuff that I, I tend to get excited about
0: is uh you know I like oh my god this
1: is gonna sound so vague but it's like I mean like especially the more that I like what I, especially like on the channel yeah. the stuff that I find myself really drawn toward uh, to talking about is uh, as much as I like all sorts of things and I you know I I I I like lots of like you know pretentious art movies and stuff right. like that. Uh but like I the ones the stuff that I, I I often get the most excited about are kind of like you know uh like colorful populist movies with like like I I I like action scenes yeah. and uh and and and, and, and like uh, that's like often what what I'll, the, the things that I'll like you know get very excited. About. I mean like I don't know if you go to like my letterbox page, I think my top 4 on there are uh the Matrix, Kiki's Delivery Service, Rushmore and Evil Dead 2.
0: Okay. And uh okay, but that paints a picture. Like and, and yeah. that like it, I I dig that because there's oftentimes I find in the space of of either film critique or review or cinema discussions in general, people can get a little too stuck in type. I'm guilty of this uh, I, on the show. And I'm so sorry again that you can't meet Shahir. Uh, I know he he was, he it too is a fan and he's like, you need to get Patrick back on. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. And sh- Shahir, I'm sorry. I'm blowing up your spot right now. Um, but Shahir is definitely um, the, I'll even i'll'll I'll, I'll stroke the ego a little bit uh he has also done film studies he has uh he is a very uh how do I put it well-versed connoisseur of the art of filmmaking he's taught film courses he's you know he's he's a director himself he's he's great I am what I would coin the sensible version of an internet person yelling about a movie okay um I too went to film school but i I didn't like I not for analysts uh, analytic or analyzing or critique. So uh, we sort of balance it out each other. Well, on that sort of note, um, I really, what we've learned in this podcast is we both, while we have our, our pools, our our sides of the Venn diagram, it's actually not as clean as that. Mm-hmm. Like people just like, Stuff and the way that it sort of moves around can be very interesting. The letterbox list I feel like that you gave was a was a sort of a perfect that that n- knowing. I mean, we've only hung out a few times. That seems like it makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I, like uh, f- for instance, like uh, I, I mean, it's so there's there's so much stuff. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's so many movies. There's it's too like, much stuff. I don't know because <laughs> there's like especially like with, with stuff that I'm making myself. I know. Who the people are that I sort of like, you know, like d- draw from the most, or I'm most like influenced by, but then I, and also like, you know, I'm, I'm looking ahead to like th- the movies coming out th- at the rest of the year, like like w- like what I'm most excited about, and like what I've enjoyed uh, the most like this year, and uh, and it's 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 all over the place, yeah. But, Like the stuff especially, and what will I think probably come up in this conversation about Shang Chi, and uh, and then you know marvel in general oh yes is uh the stuff that i i like i um like if you anyone who who like watches my channel at all what they'll often notice is like i'm i uh, i really i get very excited about uh filmmakers that really seem to have like a distinct uh voice or not 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 just like a like a visual style mm-hmm. but like where they i'm just like okay this is like a real person like 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 you know bringing like a lot of the, the, themselves into it who's who's like uh like like and I, I love the the narrative of like a like a, a filmography and how it develops like um like one a video that i really had a lot of fun making earlier this year was i did a video about the movie dick tracy uh, yes, the yep. the the Warren Beatty one, and I went, and and that was kind of inspired by last year during quarantine. I was just like, okay, I wanna. I was watching a lot of movies that I hadn't seen before. I'm like, this is a great time to, to catch up on things I've been to see for a long time. And I went down a rabbit hole of just like. Watching Warren Beatty movies, like stuff that he directed, stuff that he, was in, but then was also like very involved in the making of, right. and just like I'm just like, oh my god, the. The, the narrative of this guy and, like, what motivated him to, like, you know, choose projects and stuff like that. And uh, it's just, like... that like, For instance, like, I have... Like, I like Dick Tracy, but mm-hmm. I don't love it. Sure. But it is... Like, it, it is such an interesting movie. And not, not just the sense... Not, like, the really even necessarily the Hudson Hawk sense, but, it, like, it, if you look at, like, this... this like this guy and and like the the people who who made it, like it's it's like the best people in the world who just who went to such great lengths to make something, to make the movie they wanted to make mm-hmm. and like, and and do something that, that had not been done before and try to make something like truly unique and and you, and you know you end up with like and it was like a mainstream movie that wanted to be a big blockbuster but it is also it's just it, it's such a singular thing and that and and those times especially when people are at least try to make a a singular movie like that that is like very and and, and not just to be, go like all auteur theory yeah. but 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 like you know it, it's a, a collaborative thing but just uh, people try to make something like really unique and special, but especially within the mainstream studio space, which is like the hitting that thing of being like, this is a, a very specific vision that we want to do, but also we want it to appeal to a mainstream audience. And I, that's such a tricky balance and it has, it has yielded so many fascinating movies, both great and bad in the past hundred years.
0: I th- that's, I th- that's, that's what I get really excited about. I think that type of excitement perfectly quantifies why you and I are in the business that we are in. Yeah. Of, of YouTube because like we have the thing, we have the thing we know works. But then we get really excited about doing these sort of other side things and, like, we try to figure out the ways to put them, like, I- integrate them as best we can. Right.
1: This is, and, and to be very clear, this is in no way saying I am, like, like, I make silly YouTube videos. I'm not. We all make silly YouTube we videos. We all make silly YouTube videos. I, like, like my work and and me, like, not remotely on the same level as, like, any of these, like, actual filmmakers. Sure. But the thing like with my channel and like as you brought up the thing with like the weird blending of like, you know, uh, essay and and narrative and stuff like that. Because what happened with me was I spent like all of 2017 making what I, I'd call like traditional video essays, mm-hmm. which are, you know, basically using the format popularized by like every frame of painting and stuff yeah. like that, which is like, okay, so it's uh, it's, it's voiceover over movie clips. And uh, and the thing is, it's a it's a great format that's uh, that like so many people do really really well, and I watch so many videos done that way. And I just found personally, like after a year of that, I'm like I don't really care about any of these videos because it doesn't feel like there's anything of like me in there. Like my you're not
0: being rejuvenated by the work you're making,
1: right? Yeah, uh, it it's like sure the like ideas expressed in it like uh, f- you know come from me but the actual like presentation of it uh the execution of it uh it it doesn't feel like 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 personal work yeah. and i was got bored with it mm-hmm. and so and at the same time i realized that that st- that that, a- that a- classical approach is uh more accessible to new viewers uh it's easier for people to get into uh, but i changed up the format and made it this blend of like uh, narrative and essay and try to treat each each video as kind of like its own unique like short film or like its own episode of the, of, of of a show yeah and uh, and try to find a, a different approach to each one, which on the one hand it does make it harder for people to get into my videos. It is more alienating to to newcomers yes. I'm fully aware of that <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like these the videos for the past few years, uh, are much more of an extension of like like are uh, this is like my voice, this is my personality and style and sensibilities and uh and I care about them so much more and i'm much much prouder of them yeah and so while I have sacrificed some you know like like numbers yeah. and reaching a wider audience, I'm happier with the work and
0: uh and so yeah anyway, and i'll I'll sort of close out that thought with this. I think it's interesting too the you're right. like when you build something that has a narrative flow to it that will inevitably lose sort of numbers on the top end of like things. but like when a video when a video that seems to be about one topic opens up with a previously on segment that is about
1: stuff that has not not just nothing to do with the topic but nothing to do with movies in general, yeah, people are gonna get thrown off, like yeah, that.
0: but I will say this, I feel like. And maybe this, is, maybe this is sort of uh, my generation on YouTube sort of watching. I'm loving the fact that I didn't know, for instance, that this whole arc of yours, the, the Charles arc, was going on. By the way, and- for,
1: for those who, who are new, uh, Charles is uh, a coconut with googly eyes. Yes. Who is but- a character
0: on my show. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, but what I really like and what I latch onto and what I find makes even, even video essays that are already evergreen kind of more evergreen is if there's a, like, if there's something that's going on that hooks me, I will, like, make time in my schedule to continually watch the thing and get, like, to get through it. like, for instance, like, if I just wanted to watch uh, Welcome to Morrowind video, right? I looked up Welcome to Morrowind and I, you know, I watched that, right? because, because you know, people love Welcome, Welcome to It*. Welcome to the the most popular film of whenever it came out. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm just using that as an example, right? Like, um, then, like, what could happen in that moment, especially if you vibe with the style and you're like, oh, wait, Charles, huh? And you kind of can go back and figure out a starting point. Like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm in the minority. I like finding that rabbit hole, going down it, and then like, ah, yes, narrative. Like, I, I don't know. That's... I dig it. I I really appreciate that. I mean, th- that is, that's
1: the response I hope to right. get. And so, so hearing this, I'm like, you got one. We got one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of getting uh, way more than one, uh, the film we're here to talk about, Shang-Chi. We saw it. Legend uh, of the Ten Rings. Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we saw it thanks to uh, our phenomenal uh, friend and fellow uh, Standard nebula uh, Dave Wiskus. Um, we went all together to go see it in a in a in a in a, in a theater in an actual theater in, in a theater um and this was the I, I didn't get to see black widow in the theaters um i i did
1: yeah uh ha- have you uh, well here's a question um have you been going to the theaters much
0: this year so not much but i have gone i went to go see I, i've been i've been seeing like Honestly, the the big dumb movies as much as I can. Like I went and saw uh, Fast Nine, F Nine, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw it
1: three consecutive nights in a row.
0: Whoa, that's a. We might have to unravel that at some point. The the, um, and so I've been seeing sort of things like that. I I to my detriment or credit. Um, I have a decent setup here. I have a projector. I like my sound system. I know it works. People don't talk during it. It's whatever. So like, I have always been the, ah, yes, I am in the minority of, I have built my life around sort of movies or games or things that involve a screen. I can do this at home. For instance, Green Knight. I, I wanted to see Green Knight. I loved Green Knight. Um, I watched that on a, a 24 screening rather than, right. rather they than They go did to like the, the one day yeah. only thing. Yeah. And then they released it on VOD premiere access on prime like two days later so it was kind of weird but yeah th- that's the thing it's uh it as, as someone
1: who will always choose to see something in the theater over watching it at home uh I just like I it last year uh there's almost nothing I missed more than going to the movies yeah no I mean it is it's like I and so I I've been like t- two weeks after after my second shot when they're like that's when you can do things again I'm like I made the beeline line to the Lincoln Square
0: IMAX. Yeah. What was the what was the first movie you saw? Post- Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah.
1: It, like I want to see the biggest thing I can possibly like it, the exact opposite of how I've been watching movies for the past year. Yeah. And uh and since then I've gone as much as I can. Like yeah. even things where I uh, th- that like like Okay, here here's me being maybe an idiot. Even things like for instance, like a uh, Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder zombie movie that was on
0: that uh, was a Netflix that was a Netflix, film. Netflix thing. You saw that in the theater. I
1: paid twenty bucks to go to the Paris <laughs> theater to watch it on the big screen. They played it in the Paris. Net. Well, Netflix owns the Paris now. Oh, you know, you know the single screen. Oh, wa- uh, very you, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Netflix bought it. I think uh, a couple of years ago. I just missed that completely. Yeah. Also, I will say, I, I don't know if they're still doing this, but they were doing it in like May or June. Um, so the presentation of it is great they had free concessions literally a table like you, you go in, in into the lobby you get your tickets and then there's a table in front of the theater with just boxes of popcorn and bottles of coke that are just free they have this whole like r- like really like high like uh, like nicely produced like program L- huh. like like uh f- it, it's all basically promos for like upcoming netflix, netflix movies stuff, but it's but, but it's like it's like really thick paper. It's like it's like bound, not stapled. It's well thought out. Yeah, uh, just like it, it, they want to make the experience really nice and classy. And uh, and yes, so basically, that's how far <laughs> I've been going. I have been. I've been seeing like things that like if it's going like uh you know all the Warner Brothers movies that are going to HBO Max yep. as well. Uh no I I well I shouldn't say all I, I I'm I I'm not gonna watch Space Jam too. Um, uh, oh you haven't? No no I I, I I I why? Um ha, did anyone have a good time watching that?
0: Ah uh, not really. I, I, right I, I didn't. life's too short. Uh, you're fair. fair.
1: I. But like all like all the other ones I'm I'm just like no I'm going to see it in a theater. I uh and the thing is I'm not saying anyone else should do anything. I just know personally yeah. I I I mean like look the past two weekends uh I made the difficult trip from Brooklyn to Astoria to go to the Museum of the Moving Image because uh last weekend uh they were playing Tenet in 70mm yep. and I had only watched it on my TV at home and uh Much better on the big screen. I imagine so. And then a couple days ago, went back there again to see Lawrence of Arabia on 70mm. Also a movie I'd only ever seen on a small
0: 19-inch TV. Much better... In, in I theater. imagine, and now I, I didn't even bring this up before. You've made a third trek to Astoria. I'm, I'm here again, and and you are, I believe, the first like in person guest that has been here uh, outside of like the hyper regulars that are, were in my little quarantine bubble. Right. Um. So thank you again for it's, making the trek. It's it's an honor. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are in this foam room that every YouTuber has. Um. Yeah, so, well, that's cool to hear about the Paris. I actually need to go check that out. That seems like... It seems yeah, like If, if you want to watch
1: a movie that you could watch for free at home, but but if you feel like traveling and paying money, that's the place to at go. At
0: least they provide a little bit... My whole thing with this, I feel like we're, we will get to Shang-Chi. I promise, everybody. I promise. I'll even put a timestamp if you just want to jump to Shang-Chi Smart. stuff. We'll, we'll do that. Um, the... What I've always said about the movie going experience pre pandemic and actually even still through despite the fact I missed it is that I felt like theaters were not keeping up with ways to draw people outside of like pure cinephiles that are Mm -hmm. there for the like the actual like experience experience to keep cinema and, and to keep movie theaters alive. I feel like they were doing the wrong math like AMC's regals like all the big chains. I felt like were hiring too few people didn't keep their theaters regulated or or cleaned or anything like on on average like so, like 50-50 2019 I'd go to the theater and be disappointed mm-hmm. like whereas there were there were more boutique stuff Alamo Draft House or or any sort of most mom and pop uh, theaters that cared about audio video quality fall right. into this category as well where they offer something else like Alamo I always liked because the, the food thing whatever um but like I loved that there were rules
1: the, you, the, the rules. I like. I I live pre-show. like like a twenty twenty five minute walk from from yeah. Alamo, which is really nice. I'm I'm hoping like I've really enjoyed that. A lot of the the chains have a a, a sort of like you know post movie pass like subscription thing. Yep. Like I have the AMC A list. Yep. I have the Alamo season ticket, which is has not resumed yet. Right. But I, I hope it does soon. But yeah, like like the, the the Alamo thing with the rules and just like you know like i feel like most people and, and i i'm sure everyone can throw out their example of a time that like someone talked at at a, at an yeah. alamo and and they were annoyed but like in general it seems like people who go go there like for like like, like uh for like at least for the like the the knowledge and like the like assurance that People aren't gonna take their phones out. People are are there because they want a good experience. Yeah.
0: People aren't gonna like, yeah, just or or any sort of interrupt like again, and there is this is there's always a second side to things. Like there are movie going experiences that I feel like sometimes people want to talk and sort of go through things and whatever. But when it's in a shared space, that's not something I want to do. And therefore I don't wanna be in that situation. Right. And so when it's slightly regulated, or at least if we know something like the Alamo, which has rules, I will get this certain experience. The Wild West is sort of like the other stuff, and you kind of never know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I will say a thing that I think is worth bringing up uh, is uh, one of the things that that is like the times that I think you want like uh, a an, an enthusiastic maybe vocal crowd yeah. is like opening day of like a franchise blockbuster. Sure. Oh yeah. Um. Like like look, I my uh, especially my. The first time I saw F nine, uh, where like literally the second tickets had gone on sale, I just bought up like, uh, like six seats at like the Lincoln Square IMAX. Yep. I'm just like, and then I I just t- told my friends like we're this this is what we're doing like like you're coming, <laughs> and uh but like that you know that movie where like everyone there is a fan yeah and like you know when like I I I, <laughs> the, I mean the way it went in that movie is like basically every time. A character like return from past movies returned, especially Han. Yeah, there was just applause. Oh yeah, and and that is great. And an interesting and like Marvel movies are consistently movies that like benefit from like that opening night crowd. Mm -hmm. We saw this in a privately rented theater with maybe ten people there. Yep, and which on the one hand eliminated any. Annoying uh, like like strangers, yes. being rude, but also it didn't quite have the energy of hundred like, percent it was also the thing of like I saw like I saw Black Widow, I think maybe five days after it came out. I just mm-hmm. went by myself to like I don't know an eleven a m yeah. showing and um uh it you know, I probably would have enjoyed it more if I'd seen it opening night with people who were like stoked, yeah, to see like the first marvel movie in the year I and know. a half,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's I I'll 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 back up a little bit from what I said before. I am all about audience participation when it has to do with the film. Oh yeah. When it is not when it is not about the individual but about the experience we are all experiencing, I am there. Like yes. that that that's what makes I feel w- one of the things that makes cinema sort of a magical thing is that For two hours or whatever, you're sitting with a bunch of strangers all hopefully feeling the exact same thing. And it connects you to humans in a weird way without speaking to them. And that is magical. I've just found that lately, especially coming back from the pandemic when people got more used to phones doing whatever, Mm -hmm. talking about things not about the movie, etc., while watching movies, it seems... In my anecdotal experiment of like six times, it seems worse. Uh,
1: I, I mean, this is
0: the, the thing about having this
1: conversation about the like, you know, experience of like theater versus home. It's just all anecdotal. You're right. Like, you're right. So like, I after I saw Lawrence of Arabia uh, on on Saturday, I just and, and, and like like as like the perfect like like exhibit A of like like a movie that will. Never be this impactful. Watching it at home, it's yeah. like it's just, it just is. It's just like I don't. I don't care how fucking good your home theater setup is. It it's not gonna be this good. Yeah. And um. And I I just tweeted out about how like basically about how like it's you know I I seeing that I'm just like I just I just don't understand people who uh, who think that like like watching movies at home is like a superior experience. And it you know. Got a lot of responses. Whether people sure. uh, agree, I like. I didn't mean to stir up shit, but you know, all, like it got all these responses. People being like, "Well, the last five times I went to the theater, you know, people around me like the kids wouldn't shut up and stuff like that." And the thing is, like, you, this isn't an argument that you can even have because it's all anecdotal. It like, is. I'll just say. I think I've been lucky th- this year. Like, I've had plenty of, like, annoying experience. Like, the thing that bug- bugs me more than anything else is just uh, someone in front of me with their phone yeah, out. Yeah, phone and, light. Because that it, instantly it, it, just
0: goes click, and you're, you're, whatever you're in, it zaps right. you out.
1: Like, I will, like, try to, like, shift my body to, like, block it yep. out. So Yeah. But, like, the, I'll just say this year, I've been, you know, since, uh, like, post-vaccination, I've been going to the movies pretty often, and I've had... I've just been lucky, nice. I guess. I've just had good experiences. I can't think of any annoying stuff that I encountered. Maybe it's because like a lot of the time one of the things about like, you know, being self-employed is like I can just, go I, I, I can just go by myself and catch a movie at like noon when it's not very crowded. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh but I've just like I, I will just say. I have consistently been really happy to see movies in theaters again, yeah, because it's something I missed, and um, and yeah, and that's the thing. Even if if, if Shang-Chi had been uh, had been available for like the thirty dollars Disney Plus rental,
0: I still would have gone to the theater. Yeah, yeah. I I actually I that was me like trying to like. B- b- Bring in bring us our, our back topic. to Shang Chi. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it makes total sense. Uh, as the first Marvel film that I have seen back in the theater, I do feel bad still because now it's Black Widow's the only one I haven't seen. And at some point, if it's ever showing in a marathon, because I'm a weird, I have like broken completionist brain, I have to go see Black Widow in a theater at some time. Um, but no, this so. As far as the MCU is concerned, people on this podcast know that I am the shill. I am the one that they make these things for. I will talk them up. I will sing their praises. I also have problems with various ones, as we all sort of do. But where do you land on? I mean, I other than I I know you've made a couple videos on this stuff, but as a quick recap of like, where are you on your overall opinion of the experience of watching an MCU film and sort of what the MCU has done to uh, the movie industry in general, because I feel like when we're talking about this stuff, it's very hard to not tie those things together. I mean,
1: it is not just the most successful franchise in film history, but it has now essentially like, it's like basically the most influential force on the past decade of cinema. Yeah, And, uh, so yeah. Um, so I, I I have complicated feelings about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I uh, I am a lifelong big comic book fan. Yeah. Like I I was in since 1999, when I was like 11 years old. I have every week gone to the comic book store to Hell pick yeah. up my new issues. I have I have a pull list, and so it's it's like so I care a lot about like Marvel comics and Marvel superheroes. And I have for a long time. And, uh, and so when the MCU was beginning, like in the, in the, 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 those first few years, I was like, I remember opening night of Iron Man telling my friends, uh, like I was in college at the time that like, like I heard there's something at the end of the credits. (laughs) Yeah. My, like, I don't know, four friends and I were the only people who stayed. And I, I, Almost screamed when Sam Jackson showed up and said the Avengers Initiative. Yeah, Uh, like like as it was unfolding, I'm like, this is everything that I have wanted to see since I was like six years old, and it's happening, and they're doing it, and it's working. I can't believe it. Yeah, I was, I was like all in. Like I like like the first Avengers at midnight was just like. You know, I, I I couldn't believe it. It was I, I it, 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 it they they did it and it worked <laughs> and then like Thanos appeared in in the credits and, and I I, I, well, I was I, I was uh very very excited and um and then I I detected a weird thing happening over the next so Avengers of twenty twelve so yeah. over the next let's say like six years, mm-hmm. I saw every one of these movies opening weekend in theaters. I enjoyed every single one. Uh, even like, look, I, I, I'll say, uh, I do, I absolutely do not think Thor, the dark world is the, is the, the worst Marvel movie. Agreed.
0: Um, Yeah. It's not Thor, Thor, the dark world is a, one of the best case scenarios of a master of the universe film. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, it's just sort of, it feels, it has that vibe. I'm a huge master universe fan. Uh, and when I saw that, I was like, ah, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah,
1: I think I think there's things that movie does better than almost any other Marvel movie. It's it's not like I, no. I, I, I still think it's in like the
0: bottom half. And but Malekith I, is wasted, but that's neither here nor there. Absolutely, <laughs>
1: uh, But uh, honestly, I think Dark World is better than Thor one. Um, but I. Uh, but first, the thing is, what I'm saying is, I had a good time at every one of these movies, and then what I n- I noticed just in my own reactions over time. And uh, anyone who watches my channel will probably knows that in 2019, early 2019, uh, I made a, uh, a very long three-part video thing where I basically kind of like worked out all of my feelings about the MCU, and then at the end was like, and now I'm d- I will never make a video about, about Marvel movies again. I'm done. Um, and I, I've stuck to it. Nice. Uh, but, but basically what, what I realized was I was like, I enjoy these, but I don't I had I had stopped like thinking about them afterwards. They like left my brain immediately. They mm. were not making a lasting impression. They were, uh, I uh, like uh, like I had fun, but I I, I didn't. I uh, my emotional investment was kind of like 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 dropping off.
0: She here would call that. I'm going to speak for him because he's not here. Empty calories.
1: Yes, that is basically it. And so, and then I, and, and it kept, and, th- and then, like, when we got it, like, I remember I saw Infinity War opening N- IMAX, had a really fun time. And then getting into Endgame, as it was like coming up, I was like, why aren't I more excited hmm. about this? Because this should be everything I've, I've like wanted for like my whole life. And why don't I care as much as I should? And then I, I basically made these videos to try to, like, figure it all out. And what I kind of realized was, like, even though these Marvel movies are, like, they are fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, like, the cast is great and I and I enjoy them, um, there had just become this, like, increasing just sort of, like, uh, homogeneity and, like, sameness to them. That, that that over time, like I uh, that 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 made them all kind of less distinct, and also especially with a lot of them, they were less. Very few of them, at least to me, were like, sort of like, act like felt emotionally satisfying. Like like each one. In, 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 okay, <laughs> the the example that I would just that I always bring up yeah. is just, to me, the best superhero movie of all time is Spider Man Two. Right and that is a movie that is like has a a voice and a style and a personality from a filmmaker uh that is like has like real craft and is like beautifully made and uh and con- and and, and, it, and it is so like for a giant blockbuster um is so like idiosyncratic in so many ways but then also it's like it is a movie that is about something it is like it sticks to it's like its themes that it sets up from the beginning. Uh, it makes its 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 main character really suffer and work and go through a journey, and then at the end, it is so emotionally satisfying. And it, and, and like at the end, obviously there's like, it you know there's like you know you, you see where the story might go from there, but it tells a story. Yeah, and it's and, done. And it's and it's done. And the thing with all with all of the the MCU movies for me. Was that like I have a good time, but also each one it there, as in uh to, to to quote uh in in the the last of my three part uh uh like like MCU videos uh I had my friend Griffin Newman uh who people might know from the podcast Blank Check mm-hmm. or you know the show The Tick or the voice of Orko and the yeah. rest of the universe yeah 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 um we feel very similarly about Marvel movies and because he was like literally in a superhero TV show, I brought him in as, like, as, as a guest uh, to, to talk about this. And the analogy that he used was, um, was basically restaurants uh, where Marvel has basically, they, they figured out in, in the way that like McDonald's knows, has, has found a way to, you know, create a like a, a tasty, pleasing, like, you know, Big Mac. And, uh, and it's going to be the same Wherever you go, any mm-hmm. country in the world, you get a Big Mac and and you'll you'll get that same feeling. But then you won't really think about it too much afterwards. You won't really like go back to it. And at the same time, then there's a difference if you go to like, you know, a a privately owned restaurant and maybe get like a really good burger that is like their recipe. And that then their recipe is like a Spider-Man 2. It's still it, it still is like a burger. It, it still is that like, you know, kind of like very mainstream meal but but it it has like a a unique thing to it and and marvel kind of figured out the way where it's like we we prompt and this is why they're so successful we are gonna deliver basically give you the same feelings every single time we will have the the same kind like you know you will laugh at the same places we will have the big like you know fully cg final act every time we will have like enough little like Easter egg things or, like, things returning our connective tissue to other movies that you'll get excited about uh, and cheer when that person shows up for, like, one scene. And then we will have the uh, the little tease of, like, uh, you know, what might happen in a future movie. So you'll walk out of the theater talking about, like, oh, my God, that person was in the post-credit scene, so what do you think is going to happen in the next one? I guess we've got to see the next one. And you're going to get that experience every single time. And over time, for me, that, you know, while I enjoy the experience every time, it it became a little bit emptier. Sure. And uh and so and anyway, I think that is a very long no, but short it, version
0: of me and the MCU. It makes sense. We've I use food analogies here far too much, and it makes a hundred percent uh sense what you just said. The the way I'll even describe it too is I love the McDonald's trip analogy because my my personal uh, involvement with McDonald's is I really only get McDonald's like on road trips. So when Honestly, I Honestly same. Yeah, so when I go so when I do that, like I won't even remember until I get in the car and I know I'm going to be on a highway and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm getting McDonald's. Holy shit." And I get hyper excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then I eat it and it's good. And then I don't ever think about McDonald's again until I'm on another road trip. Yep. But Marvel has taken the ability of basically getting excitement like the, This is weird to say. A Marvel movie at this point, and I will even – I'll say this is true, and then I will say I like it. Uh, It's the experience of the hype of going and waiting and sort of being a part of a cultural – I use air quotes – cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh, that everyone else will be experiencing. Right. That hype, that buildup, that drive to McDonald's is the experience. And then afterward, they figured out a sort of echo at the end of it, like you've described, yeah. to talk with your friends about all of the different things that could possibly happen, getting you excited and hyped again. Do you mind if I cut you off for a second? No, yeah.
1: Sorry, I just my phone just blew up suddenly. Yeah, um, it's currently Tuesday. Uh, they just announced that um, on Thursday the trailer for the Matrix Resurrections drops, <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to talk about. If you want to talk about, about franchise movies that I am so emotionally invested in, there's that. Because you know what? I have no idea what that's going to be. No. None. None whatsoever. And, and, and I have come to crave that feeling of just not knowing. Of just not knowing.
0: That's, you know what's interesting? That's kind of what I got with Green Knight. I, know oh, the, I knew oh, the poem, yeah. but I didn't know exactly how they were going to interpret it. And I, I just sort of, I mean, actually, what you've just described is a little more in the dark than that. But, like, that's a feeling I also get. To wrap up what I was saying, that's one experience that I like with film, the fast food version of it. Mm-hmm. But I also find, especially in our crazy day-to-day world, uh, I find that consistency not only enjoyable but comforting. I think
1: I think that's it for a lot of. I mean, because like, like, I know lots of people rewatch Marvel movies a lot. I I am one of those people. Yeah, and I get it. And I just personally found myself. I was like, I wasn't rewatching them. I uh, I I I would see them once, occasionally twice in a the theater, and then I. But and, and part of like why I was like, you know, like this was like kind of like driving me nuts for a while. I was like, why do these should be movies that I like return to a bunch, but I I'm not. Yeah. I will say also as like a little like coda to my take, I actually was really pleasantly surprised by Endgame and found it uh it it, it much more satisfying and seemed to actually like uh, have like the kind of like conclusive ending and uh, and like character arcs that I've been lacking for a long time, and so yeah. I was like. I, I yeah, it, I it, it, it did kind of what I was hoping one of the, those more of those movies would do for a long time.
0: And that that will bring us right into the promised uh ta- discussion almost an hour in uh for Shang-Chi because while We're Endgame here. felt like a a actual conclusion which again I always am, I'm always of the opinion if something ends it is better than it, if it never ends and eventually dies for other different reasons. Yes. I mean, I use that for TV shows or whatever franchises etc. Even though there's been a few films between Endgame and Shang Chi, and I've, several shows, and several yeah, so really five properties, six if you count What If at the sort of the same time, uh, between Shang Chi, for me personally, felt like the first real new beginning. It's still fitting all of the tropes we've discussed. It's in, right. It's in the format.
1: Oh yeah, but, but I mean, especially if you look at like what would like, uh, Spider Man Far From Home basically only came out post Endgame because of like. Sony's, like, contractual obligation to release a Spider-Man movie every two years. Yeah. And then Black Widow was a prequel that they also should have made, like, six years ago. Yep. And uh, and so really, you know, Shang-Chi, it's, it, it, it's a new character. Uh, It is not set in the past. Yeah. It is not just all about the fallout
0: of, of Endgame. Yeah. So, yeah, it really did feel like the start of a new thing. I will read the internet movie database's uh description of what it says Shang-Chi is. Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the 10 Rings organization. Uh, that's that's accurate, yeah. I would say, even with a little bit of a of a hint more with the, with the specificity of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu. Uh I guess that's also true, but not really a thing in the film. I, I love dissecting. I know it's different people that write these and whatever, but right. I love pretending it's one person at, at the internet movie database that just has to write everything. And then I get to judge them.
1: Yeah. The thing that I wonder about the, the specifying unarmed, I'm like, you know how, especially in uh in comic books in like the sixties through like eighties, uh, I, I've, been, I've been reading a bunch of, like, um uh, late 70s, early 80s DC stuff recently. Yeah. So, But, like, often on the first page uh, of an issue, it'll have a little box that, that will give you just, like, it's the same spiel every time about, like, just, like, telling you, like, you know, like... After after witnessing his parents guns down in an alley, Bruce Wayne dedicated his yeah. life to warring on all, like, that kind of thing. I'm just like, is that what it's from? Is, like, were the original Shang-Chi comics, uh, did, did they always specify, master of unarmed combat?
0: Probably. Probably. So maybe it's a nice pull there. Um, I, I will say, first and foremost, uh, I did just have a solid good time with this movie. Uh, it was really great to uh, watch with a bunch of folks that were seemingly excited about it as well. And uh, as we mentioned before, we got to have that sort of like after the movie conversation, which I yep. didn't realize how much I missed. Where you get to explain, like
1: the, the, <laughs> yeah. you have know, the more yeah. casual people there who were like, "What was that thing?" And we go, "Well, let us
0: explain." And then they slowly back away into the bathroom.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's the like, "Well, uh, they, they 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 mentioned this thing. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that?" Do you think it's going to go here in this future movie? Do you think because what what they're planting seeds for that's going to sprout like three years from now?
0: Yeah, that's always very fun. And apparently, I mean, this is also, at least for box office cinema in in a in a covid world, um, the numbers seem to be doing the best that it has been since the pandemic hit. I think it was 90 million domestic and 146 international domestic. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! That that was—it's also Labor the, day.
1: the labor day weekend. It's okay. a cheat.
0: We also, by the way, numbers aren't real. We made them up. Not just us here, but in general as a society. Yes. The the <laughs> so and box office money numbers doubly so. I just—it's—it's it's a in this particular case, it's a good metric for like ah yes, people are going back to the theater.
1: I yeah I was genuinely happy to see those numbers. Yeah, and uh, and uh, especially just because you know as someone who again. You know, we we all have have our own answers to these. I'm not telling telling anyone how they should feel. I personally, um, with things like ha- how they are in New York, and um, with like like being being vaccinated, having like theaters now like in in the city requiring uh, proof of vaccination yep. to enter. We the had theater, to show ours when we went. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fe- I personally feel okay going to a movie theater, um, and so that's just me. Yeah. Um, and so, especially with so many movies being delayed so many times, this performing well this weekend, uh, to me, indicated... I mean, like, I actually, here's hard evidence. Uh, Sony moved Venom 2 up. Really? Yeah. A movie that had been pushed back many times. They moved it up to October 1st. Wow. Uh, oh,
0: they're going, for, they're going for Halloween time.
1: Yeah, well, well, I think it was originally going to come out in like mid-October, and then there were all these rumors a couple weeks ago that it was going to be pushed to January, huh. and so and clearly, they're just like, well people are people want to see superhero movies or we're bringing and so like just me as someone who's been so tired of having all these movies I want to see delayed mm-hmm. I, I I don't care that much about venom too no, but I'm, I'm just thinking like 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 put it, put no time to die out of its misery and, and oh just my and, gosh. And just let it go out there when we
0: saw the trailer before this we were both like we were trying not to see this trailer this is like trailer number five yeah. uh, and then we had to watch it now I feel like I know the entire thing right but but this
1: uh but basically it, it it's good to know that audiences will turn out for a movie.
0: Yeah. Um, I also thought that this movie, it it, it did an origin story, sure, but I don't think there's been an, maybe the first Thor is the closest, but not quite, the style of origin story. Shang-Chi is Shang-Chi, when we start the movie, although he's going by Sean and has a sort of other life, but, like, right. he doesn't discover his power or, like, do a thing... Like, it's more along the line of, like, he ran from where his power sort of came from and we get flashbacks explaining why he's such a fucking badass throughout all of this stuff. Yeah. And it, that felt fresh.
1: It did. Th- there were this... Like, I... I I The thing is, like I've said, I enjoy pretty much all the Marvel... Actually, right. no, here's, here's the thing. I will say... Um, Black Widow was the first Marvel movie in quite a while where I like actually, actually the theater being like, I think that is actually like kind of all of my least favorite things about Marvel. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate it, but I, it was like. Like like in terms of like MCU ranking, like bottom three yeah. for me. Uh, I I mean my take on Black Widow is it the whole movie should have been the first ten minutes um, uh, instead of all the other shit. Right That, right, that, right. that, that it did. Um, <laughs> but like 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 I I, I was uh, like that was when I, I, I was like have these gotten less satisfying or have they gotten worse yeah. like cuz that that it, it felt even less fulfilling to me than they usually do um and uh and Shang-Chi was, was kind of like it it was definitely an improvement over that it, it was it was kind of back to the the thing of like yeah i had fun and it did some things um better than i than i expected from a marvel movie and then it also did a bunch of the stuff that uh consistently frustrates me about Marvel movies. Right. And uh, but overall, I mean, yeah, overall, like, I had a good time. I thought it was pretty good. Also, I I can, in my head, see what I think is a great version of that movie uh, without having to, like, radically change too much. And I'm just, like, frustrated that that Marvel is so locked into doing things certain ways that they're, like, I genuinely think like holding their movies back from being great.
0: Yeah, it's that weird it's that weird sort of like if you just did this one thing 10% this way that might not be exactly as the algorithm you've built sort of says but it, it, the the risk reward if you hit that then you will hit it like be, like you'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. And that's not something that they're terribly known for. I mean, to be honest, Guardians 2 Audience too, in my uh, is, opinion, is the best Marvel is, movie. Is probably the closest to doing something special outside of the recipe. Um, y- yes. It, I, it still follows the recipe, but it also like adds that little bit of like, oh fuck, you can think about this on two or three other levels, and like it's deeply connecting to a certain subset of people dealing with parental issues. So like there's like there's a lot of different things there. Yeah,
1: I, I think in a lot of ways, uh James Gunn figured out how to work with the marvel system and actually get to make like a james gunn movie a james gunn movie yeah like like what it, he I, I remember like when i was working on those videos a couple years ago and i just rewatched the entire mcu and even the, the uh and like the first guardians j- just the massive like like boost in like personality and style that that movie has over like everything before that it's such an like an you really feel the shift watching them all back to back yeah and uh and yeah and uh like that's I I, I think because the first Guardians did so well uh, it, it gained him a lot of leeway to really do his thing with, yeah. with the second one. And um and yeah, but uh, but not everyone's James Gunn.
0: No, I it well and in this case, I, I'm not familiar with the director of this one, Destin Daniel uh Creighton. Uh, uh, if you
1: haven't seen the movie Short Term Twelve Yeah, that's the is, one it's excellent. That uh, yeah, it's uh, I think came out in maybe twenty thirteen. Are so it's got Brie Larson in it. Oh, nice! Uh, actually, no, it, the thing about Short Term 12 is it has all of these people <laughs> who like, uh, who who uh went and and like became way bigger. Sure. Uh, like, uh, you look at like the cast of Short Term 12.
0: It's got the uh, Scott Pilgrim effect.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, including uh, some people like Brie Larson from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Like, so it's got her, uh, like John Gallagher Jr., um, like Stephanie Beatriz from mm-hmm. uh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine, Rami Malek, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh yeah, I'm just
0: seeing that now. Yep.
1: Caitlin Dever. Like it is all of these people right before they got bigger. It's just it's it's a it's a very small drama, and it's. It's an incredible movie. I will check that out. It is also a movie where, when I heard that he was hired for Shang Chi, I was like, "Huh? Why? Yeah." Like, like I, I was honestly apprehensive because, uh, you know, Marvel's action scenes are ver- tend to be very like kind of prevised. Like, yep. you know, there's the the thing about um. Was it Lucretia Martell who was offered Black Widow and then said, like in an interview, that Marvel had told her, like, "Don't worry about the action; we'll handle that." and, yes. she, and she was like, "No, I want like I would like, like, yeah. like I would want to do the action scenes." And uh, and with and with the director like Destin Daniel Cretton, I, I, I was like, he's like a good filmmaker, yeah, but has never done like has zero experience with like like doesn't even have like a a strong like visual sensibility let alone any experience with action and Shang-Chi is a kung fu movie it's like if you mess that up then the whole thing doesn't work and then thankfully uh, Marvel hired the tragically late Brad Allen who literally died like a few weeks ago uh, to do to be the fight choreographer and second unit director and handle the fight scenes and honestly they should have hired Brad Allen years ago because uh, the, the, they like, uh, for, especially in the first half of the movie, the action is, for me, in my opinion, a big step up from like almost everything Marvel has done. Oh,
0: hundred percent! It all felt the bus scene in particular, which is the scene you've all seen if you've seen the trailer. Parts of it, like, mm. is impressive as hell. And like, even so, it's, it's funny as the film goes on. And we we're well into this now. We can get into spoilers whenever we sort of want to at this point. So right. the, the gates are up. Uh, uh, maybe we should
1: have a moment where we like fully rip off the Band-Aid. And, uh, and, and be like, now, nah, like, like,
0: okay, like, but b- b-
1: if either of us is thinking of, like, dropping a spoiler sure. from, like, the second half of the movie, then we will we should announce it. All right, it.
0: yeah. So, but up to this point, and this isn't that moment, to be perfectly honest, as the fight scenes elevate, like, the first major fight scene is the bus scene. And there's, of course, some CG in the bus scene, but, like, there's also a lot of impressive martial arts and, and cinematography around said martial arts going on at the same time. And it
1: becomes very clear there that it's like, oh, like, I mean, Simulu is, like, very charming and good in the movie, But they hired a guy who can do this stuff. And it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Because when you can have a wide shot where he jumps in the air and kicks two guys at once, and it's him. uh, Like, look, I love Chris Evans, but he can't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then sort of as the thing goes on, even the second large fight scene in the city, that's what I'll say right now, Mm -hmm. um, when it sort of gets more like fantastical- and outside of the normal places where one would fight even then knowing that it's a big cg sort of spectacle built out with plates and all that jazz the fighting that every character is doing is actual fighting the choreography right. around different poles and sort of things is like impressive they use this this is what i'll say about this up till up till the end fight scene let's say uh, like uh, until the third act yeah every fight uses the space almost as a character yep uh, even, even, uh, uh, Tony, I, I always butcher his name. Tony, uh. I, th- I think Lung. Tony Lung, yeah. Tony Lung Chiwa, uh, why, um, who is not wasting this film. In fact, I would argue, we could talk about this later, his character, I would argue, this is more his movie than even Shang-Chi's movie. It is. Which I think is a, a, a good weight a good tack to take. Yeah, uh, uh, even
1: especially, the- you know, Marvel has been knocked for their, like, generic villains yeah. enough times. And, uh, and also, like, I was nervous because, like, you know, Tony Lung is one of the great actors of the past like 30 plus years of, in a Marvel movie of hong kong cinema and uh i mean whether it's like i mean the guy was in hard boy yeah but and, 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 and like all the wong car Wai movies i i mean i actually uh i i finally need to see n- now um i'd never gotten around to seeing uh the grandmaster mm. uh the wong car Wai movie from maybe about like Maybe what was it like uh, seven or eight years ago? Okay. He plays Ip Man, uh, Ip Man, who has the real person who has the franchise with Donnie Yen. Yes. Uh, but then it, it also about that guy. But it's a uh, Wong Kar Wai doing a martial arts movie, and um, I and I'm just like I really gotta finally see that. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That was 2013. Ah. Yeah. yeah. There we was go. Eight years ago. Nice. Um.
1: But I. But th- th- I. I was just like like he does not do American movies. No. And so I was just like well they got him, please don't
0: waste him. Don't waste him. And I don't think they did.
1: No, no, they didn't.
0: And even in his fight, like... The, the whole beginning of the thing, and whatever, there's sort of a flashback or whatever. Like, you're seeing the development of him, he plays uh, Shang-Chi's father, and like the development of like how Shang-Chi was raised in this basically, uh, the Order of the Ten Rings, this uh, private army assassin style criminal organization. Yeah, um, but I was gonna say the fight scene between um, him and uh, Shang-Chi's mother, even there in that forest, because it's the gateway to a different place, like that whole thing felt. It felt like the location felt as important to the fight as what the fighters were doing. Yes,
1: and that was also, like specifically in that scene, uh, the that was interesting, I thought, because the movie really adopted a different kind of visual language that Marvel has never used before. I mean, it's very much uh like the language of like of uh like wuja films yeah. and um like basically if, if you're you know you've seen like zhang yimu movies you know like hero house of flying daggers like yeah. stuff like that it is very much that yeah. that is the influence but uh but just seeing being like oh wow okay there I, I i see what their reference point is and this is also too like You know, kids who are seeing this, this is probably their introduction to that style, to that thing, and uh, and I was like pleasantly surprised to see, even with like the the use of like wire work and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, they were like stepping outside of of like even like the physics that, that every Marvel movie has
0: had. Yeah. And I thought that was a nice surprise. They, and they spent time there. That's again, I, I go back to thinking that it is actually that this character's movie, the the bad guy's movie, because, and I used air quotes there um, because they spent a decent amount of time at, at that point. And I was like, I'm enjoying this. I can't believe they're allowing me to spend this much time here in yeah. this giant film. Um, so that was a really nice surprise. Um, I also always have a soft spot for Aquafina Nora um, because because she's from Queens and you live in Queens. Well, kind of. And uh, so, in in my previous life, in my pre YouTube life, I worked on a series of shows. I was a producer on Guy Code and Girl Code, which was like a comedian talking head nonsense show. I, uh... I, I I'm sorry. I never saw it, but I remember it's that it fine. existed. It's fine. But uh, Aquafina was on Girl Code and then on a guy Code be Girl Code, so I knew Aquafina tertiarily. Okay. And this is you a. You should get her on the show. I know. I know. Here's the thing. Uh, the minor. The minor spoiler. I will say, and something that I loved to see. This is a minor spoiler. There is a joke, a reoccurring gag about because she plays uh, Katie uh, Shang Chi or Sean's best friend. Uh, Slash maybe love interest. Uh, I I liked I liked that it wasn't like it was. Well, the thing is, I
1: I wait. Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay,
0: we're there. We're here.
1: I did think it was interesting that uh, because you know there's the thing like early on where like they've been best friends since they were kids or was like I don't know since they were like 14 or so. Yeah. And uh and like her family is like when are you gonna get married and they're like we're well, just friends. Um, I did appreciate that they didn't. uh also build up to like a big kiss yep. at, at the end of the movie uh i th- again this was a new kind of dynamic but and also you know considering you, you look at the past of like uh some of you know marvel movies that are usually about men uh and uh and there's often like a you know sort of like female like supporting character or like love yeah. interest or whatever and you know kind of like Probably the worst version of this is like Rachel McAdams and Doctor Strange. Yeah, who is just so wasted. Yeah, it's like it's shocking that they cast her for that. Yeah, uh, but you you've got that. Then you like a better version is like you know Pepper Potts. Yep. And um, but this was a dynamic we haven't had. We also I don't think have ever in a Marvel movie had like like the, the 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 main female character be kind of like the main source of comedy yes uh in the movie yeah and um that it's usually like a snarky man uh yeah. in the lead
0: so it felt that felt really nice and also I I just I like coming from uh, I would even say to this day the like uh, slightly tilting on the other end, but even growing up, I was actually more friends with more women than I was men just how it sort of worked out. and I was always I, I always get furious when like, Spoiler alert: You can show a man and a woman having a friendship in a movie, and they don't have to kiss at the end. It can just be a nice fucking thing because you can have human connections with every type of person. It doesn't matter. The point being that I was getting to beforehand was uh, the the running gag is that they're like, "Oh, we could go to, we could call it a night or whatever," or and then they go to a karaoke joint, yes. right? So my personal story with Aquafina was. Uh, um, uh, two or three times, I forget if I've, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but two or three times, uh, a very good friend of mine, another producer named Chelsea White, um, who now it works over on the Drew Barrymore show, um, she, she would call me, because she you, was you, good friends you, with... You should get Drew on the show. I should just get Drew on the show. Uh, she, <laughs> Drew, what do you think about Shang-Chi? <laughs> um, the... they would call me at like two or three in the morning. I'd get video calls from Chelsea and Nora and they'd be like, come out, we're doing karaoke. We got to do this thing. Wait, what? And listen, it is the biggest shame of my entire life that happened twice. And both times it was three in the morning. I'm like, I'm tired. I have another day. I couldn't do it.
1: So you could have, you had two opportunities to do karaoke with Aquafina and you didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it.
0: Uh, I, 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 look, I, I feel.
1: I, I feel. I'm sorry to say this, this. is your show. I have lost so much. Hey, respect for listen.
0: You. This show is about honesty, and I told you my honest, my honest truth and shame. No, and
1: uh, honestly, th- 3 a.m. I don't know if I would have it.
0: Th- I mean, that, that's the thing. And 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 to this day, I'm always like, because ah, don't get me wrong. Uh, Agrafina and I were never like friend friends, but like I always enjoyed working with her, and she had, she's been my favorite person to watch. Come from where she was when she was working with me on basic cable to like fucking amazing superstar like yeah. it is just a, a lovely thing to see and i do regret not going out cuz they the chelsea and and agrafina were were two of my favorite people so uh anyway well i i will say it's it's good to hear that she's like cool in she's real life she's fucking cool man That's right. and i you know it, it, so there was, i loved seeing that joke it's just there was that weird sort of tinge of like Oh fuck! <laughs> so that was just a nice uh, personal tie to me. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I overall it's, it, we, let's, we we've alluded to the third act, right? <laughs> I feel
1: like we've... every conversation about a Marvel movie <laughs> is always like, well, until the third act, and it's like, uh, the, 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 like you know, things are go, going well, well, uh, and then there's the third, like the third act of Marvel movies. It, it's almost like. B- this like specter that you always have to arrive at. Like when you sense the movie being like,
0: I think we're entering the third act. But I'm going to (sighs) say this. I'm going to say this. Maybe unpopular opinion. I actually really dug the third act for a completely, maybe not a completely different reason, but for a different reason than I thought. We just saw for the, for the, First two acts of the film, sort of different combat that we'd normally seen, and yes, the third act turns into sort of the CGI sort of big spectacle thing that we mm-hmm. were even like with. I don't get why every Marvel movie has to have armies now fighting while the rest of the people are doing things. Like I, I did not appreciate the the sort of even though it was great to see uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, uh, and and in this movie just literally stealing every possible scene she's in. But like, and I like the the history of the secret the secret uh, village and all that jazz. But I don't need like the warring factions of the Ten Rings versus this new group of people sort of like fighting in a dynamic around this. It,
1: it was a lot to bring in. I mean, it, it's it's one of like it makes sense too, because, you know, a lot of this movie is about sort of like uh, you know, reconciling the past of like your parents yeah. and like and getting to understand where they came from. Um there's that, and you know, like, 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 you know, we are a combination of like, you know, both of them and stuff like that. Um, so it, it totally made sense to visit like the place that Shang-Chi's mother is I from. I like
0: the visit. I don't like the war.
1: Yeah, the, uh, I don't love the war. And the thing is, like, I, there's stuff in the third act that I genuinely like. Um, I like, I like the fact that the, as much as, you know, once again, uh, the la- the final fight is about two people with like different color energy. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, cause that's, I, uh, apparently the only, I mean, I, thing we, we can do, but I, but part of w- when they get to the village is also like immediately there's like, like I am always thrilled to see Michelle Yeoh. But immediately, there's just like, well, here's a lot of exposition. Yeah. I'll just tell you all this other stuff about like this place and where she came from and all that stuff. It does slow things down a bunch. And I mean, okay, this is going to be, it's, it's, I'm sorry, this is the most like, <laughs> the, this, the thing people are so sick of me talking about, but I can't help it. All right. Why? The third act mostly takes place in like a little village next to a lake yeah and then there's a bamboo forest. Just go to a lake and shoot it there when they get there and it's and and you're you're looking at all this stuff with like these flatly lit people with a clearly green screen c g i bamboo forest behind them yeah and you look at there's so many martial arts movies that this is like riffing on where they just shot them in bamboo forests, and they're there, and those movies cost a fraction of what this costs. And I'm like, Marvel is so successful. They have all the money in the world. They're spending $200 million on this. Why does it look like shit? Yeah. Why does it always look like shit? Why? I mean, I I guess if they're so successful, they don't need to change things, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I've got to. I've got to do my thing. All right, I, do I, it. I'm going into it now. All right. You knew this was going to happen. Yeah. No. It, here we go. Okay. So, one of the things I love about comic books, and even just like. Like Marvel comic books. Sure. You go, you go to a comic book store, you look at them at the like the Marvel section of like the new releases, and every one of those comics has a different artist with a different style. And they and and they're like sometimes they're doing the same characters. There's like three Spider-Man books, and each one has a different artist, and they all coexist. And part of the fun of it is you have, you know, different artists have different styles, and like you, you different comics look different from each other, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel movies their whole business model or not sunday business model but like their their thing that they have they they and look i know i've heard from people who have worked on these movies that there is like a lookbook for the color grading and sure. it's, not, it's not just the color it's how these things are lit mm-hmm. how they're shot so many of them in you know basically just like They all shoot in Atlanta, or I mean, this one shot in Australia, but like most of them shoot in Atlanta, and uh, and it's like great. We just uh, we can all shoot these things in basically the same place, and we'll just put up green screens and create all these environments. And it's there was the quote from Feige that everyone was dunking on when he was like amazed that Chloe Zhao uh, shot a like a real sunset. Yeah, and um, and the joke is that like. Yeah, that's how everyone's always made movies. And you've just, you've locked yourself into doing things this certain way. And the thing is, like, on this movie, this movie is shot, like, the cinematographer on this movie is one of my favorite cinematographers, you know, like all of cinema. They got Bill Pope, the guy who shot everything from the Matrix trilogy to Edgar Wright's last three movies, Mm -hmm. Scott Pilgrim, World's End, Baby Driver. I. to Spider-Man 2 to Clueless to the pilot of Freaks and Geeks to Alita Battle Angel all of these things he is so versatile he is so good he has shot so many movies that, that not just like look unique but are like straight up like iconic and like there are you can think of shots from all of these movies yeah. and other than a few exceptions like mostly uh, you know when they're in uh, these sort of like uh, like Fight club place in uh, in is it w- w- uh, what country are they in again? Oh, oh, oh man, I don't even know. I, I but, but the place where it's mostly a lot of like neon because yeah. they're I- in a city outside of that, like I- it looks like any other Marvel movie, it looks not like, like, and, and
0: but even there, it looked like the second act of Black Panther, yes. Exactly. Like it's like, oh, oh, CD Underground City? Well, it's all darks and purples. Exactly. Like like yeah. yeah.
1: That right, that's the thing. And uh and, and I'm just I'm looking at this at this third act I'm just like, why why can't they just it would probably be cheaper even to just go to a lake and shoot it there and you don't have to like waste the time of all these talented VFX artists yeah. on making this like forest in the background and all this stuff, and it's just to me, it's just really frustrating because you're like kind of like ruining the work of like this really talented cinematographer. You're uh, you're making unnecessary work for VFX artists who could be working on like like more essential stuff right? and the movie it's just like it looks like sludge by the end
0: by the end it does it's
1: it's just it's just a bunch of mud on screen and the thing is like I'm not saying CGI is bad like look in terms of modern superhero movies I love Aquaman I think Aquaman (laughs) fucking rules it's fun and Aquaman is like all CGI it's like there's so much animation in that but it's also uh, it has like there's actually, like, vibrance to the images. There is, like, proper contrast. You can, like, it doesn't, like, uh like it's actually, like, the the compositing is good. There are, like, there are really interesting, unique visuals, and it doesn't all just look like a bunch of, like, just, you know, like, muddy cement. It
0: escaped from Zack Snyder's uh, compound and got to do its own thing for one brief moment. Yeah,
1: and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm just, like, I'm not even saying don't use CGI. Right. Uh, I'm just saying, like, because again, the reason that I think they're locked into this is that, like, by shooting it really flat with a lot of coverage, Feige and and team can kind of like micromanage. Like, this is why Marvel. No Marvel movie is ever like fully bad, but I I, th- I think they have a high floor and a and kind of a low ceiling sure. for like what they can do. So that's why they give you that same like, you know, experience every single time. And it's just like the thing is when I'm watching, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I, I developed this other take about about Marvel stuff kind of recently. Okay, and uh, after Black Widow, and um, and this kind of fits into it, even though this is I think much better than Black Widow, because uh, again, the third act has good stuff in it. I like I like the father having to fight the son. It's just that I I don't think it needed to go on for another like 15 minutes after Tony Lung is defeated.
0: Sure. and uh, I'll just sort of say this before because uh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm, no, I'm just, no. Like, I I want it because I I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. This is what I'm gonna say that I sort of enjoyed around it. Like, there are moments of... There are bright spots in it. Yes. Uh, I enjoy how, even though I hate two dumb armies fighting in the background of a thing, I enjoy that there's a moment where the bad army realizes, oh shit, this is real bad, we're not doing it, and they team up to fight the the demon spawn soul suckers that come out. I like... um, I also,
1: honestly, I thought it would have been kind of cooler if they'd never opened the gate and we I just know. had to wonder about what was behind because the gate because I
0: thought it might be like a mephisto type thing maybe it still is like who knows We've what We just the... been
1: conditioned to think everything is mephisto now. I know I,
0: one day um but like I liked I actually liked the soul sucker versus dragon thing I'm a sucker for big dumb monsters fighting each other I enjoyed that and I the overall Look of the village, not really the village, but the vibe with the the, the silly fake animals. Mm-hmm. I'm also a, oh. I'm also a sucker for silly fake animals. I oh, I loved the fake
1: animals, yeah. especially the weird like winged butt thing. Yeah, that uh, Mar- that Marcus, that my favorite. No, what was it?
0: Uh, what? Oh, uh,
1: Morris. Morris. That I. My favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Trevor, Trevor Slattery. Um, <laughs> Triumph return. From maybe, I, I, I am a, like, okay, here's my, here's how you know that I am, like, have, like, out, I am out of step with, like, conventional MCU opinions. My favorite Marvel movies are Guardians 2 and Iron Man 3. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's my thing. And I uh, that that's what gets me excited, and so I'm just like, oh. like like the the Mandarin twist to Iron Man three is maybe my favorite moment in all like I don't know twenty five of these it's, movies. It's
0: a big swing that I really like. Iron Man three for me is the most flip-floppy movie I do. I will watch that movie and be like, this I, This is Shane Black's like masterpiece. Like, this is phenomenal. Oh, my God. And then I'll watch it either in a different mood or like a month and a half later and I'll be like, what is this shit? And it's not... The twist always works, but like, oh, it's yeah. such an odd duck and that, I think, is why it sticks out and feels special in all of it. And yeah. The, the, the last and thing- it also... It tells a story. It does tell a story. Uh, a Christmas story, one might say. Yes. Um, and the last thing I will say that I didn't like before we go into, your, into your, your new Marvel MCU take is on the same note, as you brought up the CG forest instead of why not just use a lake in an actual bamboo forest, I hated Shang-Chi's costume. His final superhero costume and I know that they made that the like ah it's all built out of dragon scale and like this whole thing like that's why there it has the red energy armor and all that stuff, but it looked like a lycra blend tire piece. Like it, it, it never does. and and to have something that's supposed to and again it, I would not I would not go as far to say as this is a a, a spiritual movie, but to, for something to have that like have to, to borrow all of the iconography from so many other. Um, martial arts films and that sort of thing why couldn't we just get him in an actual like p- pieces of cloth like why yeah. couldn't his costume be cloth like he doesn't need a a rubber armor suit out of this thing. and i was just like fuck man like I, I like i like the red th- no the color yeah. choices is great and they're, you know, they're doing it to build up for a, a shot a la Avengers to make sure they all look good together. Like, I get that. I just, when I looked at it, I was like, why is he, why is he wearing attire? Like, I just, I wanted it to be like, ah, here's, and the cloth can be magical. I don't give a shit. But like, that was my uh, breaking point I had. Anyway. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah new take mcu okay that that you feel this falls uh, into as well yeah th- th- this
1: is good i've got a, a, a place to uh, talk about <laughs> uh, cuz uh, i've mostly been like the thing is like i also don't other than like i i threw out a, a a tweet mostly about how like uh, uh my thing with with shang chi and, and also black widow is um i think not all of these movies but i think like these two in particular uh you know, would genuinely be much better if they had cost half as much. Mm-hmm. Just in in uh, in the sense of, like, you know, I don't think we need a big dragon fight at the end. I don't think we need a fully CGI village. Like, I think if you made this on a slightly smaller scale, uh, still made it, like, kind of like a, a souped-up version of, like, the martial arts movies that it's inspired by, but, like, not every one of these needs to be like, a $200 million just, like, you know, endless spectacle thing. A Marvel third act. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, You know, some, like, have your Thor be that, but uh, but then, of course, they don't want the, the, the thing of, like, it would be, like, if this didn't cost two hundred billion dollars, there would of course be the controversy of uh, oh, so your movie, your, your first character with like an, your first movie with an Asian lead, uh, isn't important enough. Right, and, and like I, I totally get that. Uh, but I, I'm also just like you know, you look at every comic book and like you know, uh, you know, like everyone loves like the the Matt Fraction David Aja Hawkeye run mm-hmm. and. Uh, They don't love it because he's, like, in space, like, fighting giant monsters or whatever. They like it because it's on a small scale. Yeah. You can... Again... We want
0: dynamics here. We, we, we want the big and the small. And I was hoping that even the, 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 the shows would be sort of small scale. I was actually kind of hoping that as well. And w- WandaVision felt like that for a bit until it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt the smallest scale, I guess. But there was still like world or at least city ending or whatever it was sort of stakes. Yeah. And then uh, Loki is just so... Beyond the pale of how it would affect everything, so like I do want the small. I wa- I hope the Hawkeye series that they're doing, please, is just small like that. Like that run.
1: I, yeah, and I also keep hoping. I mean, the show is, is its own conversation, but I keep wishing that they would be episodic instead of being like six-hour movies. Yeah, I know. I know. Wandavision like kind of was uh, until the, it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Uh, but I'm just like the thing with the comics is you know that. My part of my frustration with the movies is it's like it's only the movies are only the crossover of uh, uh, they're right. like only the like event miniseries that you you never get the small stories in between like mm-hmm. the tissue and uh and like because so much of comics have always been like single issue stories yeah and uh and I thought the show is like maybe those could do that um anyway no my thing is th- that really occurred to me watching Black Widow is I've kind of realized that like what the Marvel formula. Like largely is, which is it's this it's this mix. If you're like making a soup, and you're like here's your are on in the ingredients. Uh, so so, so <laughs> McDonald's.
0: <laughs> Just into the. So soup. There's
1: a lot of McDonald's and water. <laughs> Chicken. Um, but so you have your likable characters, mm-hmm. th- which is uh, the, uh, the likable characters is like the, honestly the major reason yeah. that Marvel is successful. Likable characters, uh, sprinkles of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, connective tissue to other movies to pay off your uh, continued investment and uh, and make you want to watch the next one. Mm-hmm. And then a big part of it, and each movie has kind of like its own like, uh, I guess like like a, a, a different one here, but basically, and then a watered-down version of, like, one or two other movies that are at specific reference points. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I'm watching... It's I, currently enduring Black Widow. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about Black Widow. Uh, I don't know if you could tell, but uh, the people who made Black Widow um, uh, are really big fans of the movie Mission Impossible Fallout. I, I, I think so. Uh, which is, in my opinion, easily one of, like, the... Like ten, maybe five best blockbusters
0: of the past decade. Even, even, even taking away Henry Cavill reloading his biceps. Oh yeah. But I never want to take that away. I just want to be clear. I want, I want every time Henry Cavill moves his arms in that direction, be it The Witcher or Building a PC, I want it to make reloading noises.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Just incredible. (laughs) But so here's so the thing about okay, if you look at who they hired for Black Widow, Mm -hmm. so they got uh, the composer of Mission Impossible Fallout they originally hired the cinematographer of Mission Impossible Fallout. And, uh, and this is where we get into the weird cinematographer stuff. Yeah. Because, so this is stuff I... Yeah. So Rob Hardy, who he shoots all of Alex Garland's stuff, yes. like Ex Machina, Annihilation, uh, uh, that stuff. He shot uh, Fallout. And, um, and he was... Hu- look up the news. He was hired to shoot Black Widow. And from what... I, he's not credited on the final film. From what I'm aware of, he did work on the movie. Okay. And then so much of the movie was reshot without him, and uh, and I believe without even the director, that I believe he took his name off the movie. Okay. But you still look at at things like, some of the color palette, the crew that they hired, the like, uh, uh, even the construction of like certain action scenes, like the sort of like car chase uh, mm-hmm. after um, uh, Black Widow like meets up with Florence Pugh, yeah. stuff like that. And it's so clearly trying to like ape the style of Fallout, mm-hmm. but then it's like, but it's not done as well. And then there's like more like kind of like unnecessary CGI that that feels kind of like kind of weightless and kind of takes you out of it. And it's like and it's like that is the reference point, but we're kind of just doing a watered down version of it. And then Shang Chi, while it does have genuinely good action scenes, you you look at like oh like especially like once they got to the village and Michelle Yeoh is was, was there, every scene I I just kept thinking. I'd actually just kind of like to go home now and watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon again because <laughs> that's like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And they clearly like that movie, but it's it's kind of like a watered down version of it. Yeah. And it's it's kind of these things where it's like on the one, if you want to be charitable, you could say these are ways to like these are like entry points for like young people to get into cinema, and maybe they'll check out like the the other things that it's influenced by. Yeah. But I'm also like, it would be great if a Marvel movies kind of had like its own style or did something new in, instead of just kind of doing like a more expensive but also worse version of of other stuff. And so, and I feel kind of, this is the thing where it's like sometimes, you know, if I might complain about like the homogeneity sure. of Marvel- and then, off, sometimes the response from like big Marvel fans will be like, "What are you talking about? The movies are all very different. Winter Soldier is like is like a '70s paranoia movie, uh, y- y- you know, like, like Ant Man is a heist movie, right? Like all all of these things. I'm like, well, no, they are Marvel movies, and then they have the shadings of like of the like that uh, they have the watered down version of like other things, kind of like." In there a little bit, but uh, but they don't really feel that
0: difference. so you, you you unlocked you unlocked a, a, a thought or a memory with this analogy. okay. I am one of those people whom in the past, I've done a three uh, with, a, with a wonderful friend of mine, uh, comedian Shirley Evans. We did a Road to infinity, road to uh, Endgame or Road to Infinity War, like a, a rewatch. And we did like phase one in a podcast, phase two in a podcast, phase three in a podcast. And I have caught myself many times on this show and <laughs> just out my window screaming saying that the Marvel Cinematic like everything is different. It feels different. This is a heist movie. This is a, uh, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other thing, uh, 70s thriller. I think... This is, I think, the most honest I've ever been about the MCU. Here oh, my go. God. Here we go. And this actually harkens back to something you said right at the beginning. We came up at different times, I think. I think you're younger than I am. I'm 119 years old. <laughs> um, okay, but, I, I'm only 87. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, So we came up in a time when the things we loved, comic books, were not popular. Oh, yeah. Okay? It was not cool to like Iron Man. It was not... Really, a good look if you had beyond like real low grade school anything Spider Man or, or any superhero in general.
1: Yeah, as an example, I went through all of high school closeted about reading comics. I was so afraid of anyone in school, other than like close friends who I'd have to reveal it to, yeah. finding out that I went to the comic book store every day yeah. and that I like. Cared about Batman.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a different. T- kids today are growing up in a different time than we did. Kids, you don't
1: know how lucky you <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah.
0: So, this is my honest take. I think that deep down, because the thing that I too felt a bit uh, closeted about liking this sort of thing is now the number one show in town, and town being the world, mm-hmm. that I tie. A lot of my own personal baggage in a weird sort of subconscious like, aha, motherfuckers, like, like, because now the thing that I was afraid to talk about, everyone fucking loves and you eat it up. And like, and on that note, I think there are places in my past when I have overlooked, um either flaws or even even uh legitimate criticisms of Marvel films and that's there's sort of two layers to that. One, I can overlook a flaw of a film and still really enjoy it and I do really oh, enjoy all these movies. I, I mean, same, absolutely. <laughs> but I can also talk about how it's kind of destroying the film industry a little bit and doing like all this other stuff destroying mid-tier films and all that jazz. So like I understand both sides. But I think that people that are like, "No, it's completely different" because I am one of those people a lot of the time. I think that's an extension of like Seeing this thing that I love so much become the biggest game in town, and now, weirdly, like, even though it's that thing mimicking these other things that I like and people like, it's like, no, 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 now look who's including who. And there's this weird I get connection, that. and like, I am so emotionally invested in what is often an average action cinema experience. Mm-hmm and they've done that. They've quantified it. They they have my money forever until they start really messing stuff up. Like so I think there's a tie in in the generation that that we might come from and you seem to have escaped it, which is which is nice in sort of the idea behind why you're disconnecting with a lot of these things well, as well. This is
1: what's also so weird to me because yeah, I grew up in that way where it's it's like I mean, oh my god. Like I look I I remember seeing uh I remember the the, the release date of the first X Men, yeah. July fourteenth, mm-hmm. two thousand. Because I I was I couldn't believe that it was real and I was going to see it. Uh, May third, two thousand two, Spider Man opening day, yeah. and then going to school on Monday and having people talking about Spider Man, and I was like, that people are into the stuff that I'm into. Like what what is it, 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 it? I was like emotional. Yeah, uh, just just because of that that happening. And this is the weird thing for me. It's like i i went like again with like the mcu the mcu in particular uh like it's like i got everything i ever wanted and then i suddenly realized and i I feel like such a dick saying this but i'm I'm like well it's pretty good but what if it was better and then also my thing is like then everyone caught up to to me and got into what i'm into and now i'm just like yeah, but guys, there's other stuff. <laughs> it's like, like even in high school, I didn't only read right. comics, uh, and also I read other comics as well that yeah. weren't just like Superhero Marvel stuff. ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, like look, I like it too, but but calm down a little bit. And so, and this, and it, it, it's the weird thing because like, in some way, like for instance, um, I so I like but don't love the 2003 Ang Lee Hulk. Okay. We're never gonna get a movie like that again.
0: No, that's done. That we got the one. And and and
1: and even like a movie like or just like a movie that's weird like that movie is weird. Mm-hmm. It's like because they smoothed off all of the edges and uh and and got it down to a formula and created like an algorithm and it's like that's what kind of bums me out that like no one's ever gonna get the chance to do that to like take one of these things that far and do that like individual, individualistic, like an approach with it. And so, and, and so that's kind of the thing I like, like, I feel like, you know, when not, not to attack you, if you've said this before, but, uh, about the thing of like defending Marvel, uh, Marvel movies being like, look, they are different. Look, look at this one. And then look at this one. I'm like, it, that to me feels like everyone has just so absorbed, like, the Feige talking points. Because, for instance, the thing with, like, Winter Soldier being, like, a 70s paranoia thriller, that's just what Feige and the Russos kept saying before the movie came out, and now everyone still says it. And really, if you look at that movie, it's like, well, they cast Robert Redford, who was in Three Days of the Condor, (laughs) but, like, like... Th- you know, that, that it's it, it still, it checks every box of, like, a Marvel movie. Like, the jokes are in the same places, the action scenes are in the same places, it looks the same way they all look. It does not have a distinct visual style in any way. It's There's like, a big CG third act. Right, exactly. It's still, it's it's just a Marvel movie, and it's like, everyone is, it's like, it's interesting to me seeing how some people from like the tech world mm. talk about movies. Now that especially like nerd culture and nerd movies have, have like come to so, and like franchises, have come to so dominate uh, just like all discourse. Okay. And, and, um, and, uh, and I've noticed that people from the tech world it really seem to love Marvel movies. And they kind of talk about them like products. Like they, they found a way to deliver a product that will be consistently pleasing every single time. And they really know what the audience wants. And so, oh, I, I always end up talking about this and even though it's such a nightmare. <coughs> um, so, I am a big fan
0: of the movie Star Wars
1: Episode Eight: The Last Jedi.
0: As am I. Oh, thank God. I know, you don't know, you never know, you, d- you never know, you never know if that's going to cause a rift in a, like, years-long friendship, let alone someone you've met three times.
1: Genuinely, if I, I mean, this doesn't happen, we don't have parties anymore, but when I would be at a party in the, like, like pre-pandemic times, and Star Wars, not even that movie, it's just Star Wars would come up, I love Star Wars. I would change the subject mm-hmm. just because I don't want to deal with what could potentially happen if I don't really closely know what the people I'm talking about. Yeah. So the thing is, and I've also heard of people, you know, from the tech world talking about The Last Jedi as, in, as if it is a product, being like it did not give the people the things that they expect and want from this, one of these movies, and therefore it is a failure. And I look at that movie, and I'm like, that to me is kind of what i would love to get from more franchise movies yeah. which is a movie that t- t- see i look at that movie i'm like it gave me all the things that on paper i want from a star wars movie uh it it, it has spaceships and lightsaber battles and uh and uh and like and a space battle there's a, a surprise puppet yoda shows up it's yeah. like it's got all the stuff but then i'm just like oh wait but it doesn't just have to check off, like, every story beat that I expect from these, it can actually be about something and, like, be, and, like, you know, move characters forward in, like, ways that feel, like, emotionally fulfilling but also unexpected. Like, it, it, it feel it's like, it, to me, that is a, a version of, like, a franchise movie both, you know, doing the stuff it has to do as a franchise but also being a real movie. Uh, that 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 actually has like meat to it. Yeah, and uh, and and the, and and the thing is, I'm just like because of the system Marvel has designed. On the one hand, they're never gonna make a movie as bad as The Rise of Skywalker. But I also <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah, uh, that
0: was the movie. Actually, on this show, I was like, we will not review whatever the next Star Wars movie is. We're just not going to do it. Smart. Uh, because it, I I cannot. We we don't have enough time. We've been talking so long. I'm sorry to cut you off. I fucking hate that movie. Continue. Uh, same.
1: <laughs> I I I hate it.
0: Zoe uh, hates it too. Apparently. Yeah. Uh,
1: I I I really. But so like. But like Marvel will never make a movie that bad. But I also don't think they'll ever make a movie as good as the Last Jedi. Interesting. Because I think th- th- they will not take. Uh. I mean, whether it's like obviously like like. Visually, they can't be like as sort of like like robust as that as that is like that. It just looks great. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, e- honestly, even the Rise of Skywalker, awful movie. They at least like went to deserts and stuff to shoot it. Yeah. Like like uh like like Marvel do that. But like, but also they will not make a movie that that is as unexpected and risky and potentially divisive as the last Jedi is it's just like they're just they just won't do it and uh and so and so this is this is kind of the thing and I feel like they have like they've kind of gotten because Marvel is so influential they've kind of got <laughs> oh <God. laughs> like have they made all like because it's it's the thing like we were talking about at the movie like at, like the death of like mid-budget movies and stuff like that people only want to go to movie theaters to see the big the big franchise thing that feels important like they are obligated to see it and that they know will give them the same kind of experience and and if it's like a different kind of experience not even a bad one if it's like a bit different then they like freak out yeah. and are, like is this is these marvel movies which i do enjoy and and are and the movies that i i i, I for all, i always wanted to see are they kind of like Messing up the way that people just look at movies
0: in general. Possibly. Here's, here's my take on it. Please be more optimistic than me. Well, yeah, that's not really my forte. Uh, but I will try to say this. All media, right? Novels, music, television, video games, whatever else people are into. The There's the user case. If we're going to go with the sort of the, the techie kind of like why someone watches a movie mm-hmm. will always be different. Why anyone engages with a piece of media. I like, and I can only speak for my own personal stuff. I have my different moods, my vibes we were talking about in the beginning of the show. If I feel like just taking the ride and going for it and watching the Marvel stuff, it's literally the best thing I could possibly watch at that time. But I don't always want that. I want different things. I wonder if people who are not as... Uh, th- that don't dedicate as much time to cinema or games or whatever as people like you and I do. But if the they people j- who have probably
1: made smarter life choices.
0: Yes, let's just go there. I wonder if that's the, that's the thing that it seems like that they kind of want, is they want that consistency, they want the McDonald's, they want this thing to know because they, they don't want to spend too much time thinking about this thing, so if it deviates, that's the problem. Now, culturally with the uh, the uh i don't know zeitgeist the the sort of connectivity of all human beings or whatever is that bad sure i think it is bad i think it does actually it makes it it makes the on-ramp harder to find to to for the possibility of a a average person to find that special thing in a medium that they love that is not the popular thing but i think and hopefully, this, this might be my bit of optimism. Yeah. With the with the excuse of, oh, it's a spy thriller, oh, it's a whatever, blah, blah, blah. If those talking points happen, kind of like what you said, maybe if people love Winter Soldier they and they heard this talking about oh, it's, it's a spy thriller. Maybe they'll go try to find more spy thrillers.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would love to imagine all these 12-year-olds being like, I'm going
0: to watch the Parallax for you. <laughs> Again, I don't think it's... a The on-ramp based on industry, is smaller and harder to find. Yes. But the fact that Marvel movies even are trying to echo these other styles, A, means it's the biggest fucking game in town, and it needs to try to at least remotely invent itself, even based on solely talking points. But also that it, like, somewhere in the system, Feige or whoever knows that what they are doing is a product, and if they're going to stay relevant, they actually just can't, they need that 10% of another thing, even an Echo or a batter thing, yeah. like a worse version of that thing. I just kind of,
1: like, I think you're you're totally right. I'm just, as we talk about this, I'm just thinking, like, because they are, they're running the game. Yeah. Uh, And, like, everyone is responding to them. They are so influential. Everyone is going to see everything they do. They are in a position to, like, uh lead or move... I think uh, move things forward in a way that I think they're not. In, instead of like... They have like had their system of like how they make the movies and like their big innovation is like the really tight like connectivity that like yeah. no other cinematic universe has been able to do in the same way. But I'm just like... In terms of the actual like content of the movies, in terms of like uh, the storytelling in them, they are in a position where like if they took... Uh, like, I mean... People responded to Black Panther in a big way for, you know, and it is one of their better movies, but a lot of it is doing little things like, okay, I thought I had when, uh, when like, watching all the movies uh, mm-hmm. back through is, like, you get to Black Panther, and you get to just the score. Oh yeah. Which is just, it is staggering how much better the score is than every other movie they'd ever made. And look, it won them an Oscar. Yeah. And you you look at that and just like, that feels like like suddenly they that is like a seismic leap forward and they were rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. And if like they could, instead of just kind of like making all the movies sort of like kind of recycled versions of like some some other things put into their formula, like what if they like did something like, and I, I don't have an answer for this, but like, w- uh, like truly unique, or like, you know, let more gave filmmakers like a little bit more leeway to like, you know, even just like shoot scenes in a in a more compelling way without Perhaps just a like, lake
0: by a bamboo for
1: yes uh <laughs> something like that and uh and, like I don't know maybe maybe we'll see it like, because now like you know taekwot is going into love and thunder like at, coming back like at, with an Oscar. maybe he has like I don't know more weight to throw around but I am just like I think they could be like a better influence and more of a leader by maybe taking a few more risks and uh, and trying to like in the way of, like, look, Black, Black Panther also got them in, like, a Best Picture nomination. Like, don't you want another one of those? Yeah. And you're not going to get another one of those by making a lot of Black Widows. I have
0: a theory, though, yes. on that. I don't think they care. At this point, I, they I don't, don't need I, to care. How how Disney versus the Oscars in the grand cultural zeitgeist, no one outside you and me and, and 12 other people, I mean, and probably a lot of people listening to the show, give a shit about the Oscars. It's, well, uh, for instance,
1: okay. This is going to feel like a funny example. But so, um, a thing that actually, uh, we, okay, weirdly, so 90s Disney animation. Yeah. The Disney Renaissance. Yeah. So, Beauty and the Beast was the first animated movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Okay. Which was a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the actual kind of like negative impact of that, because the thing is like those Disney movies did have like, for being like big giant 10 movies, you know, I think are way more artistically interesting than, like, Marvel movies. Okay. Uh, I, uh, look, people are going to watch The Lion King forever. Sure. I, I don't think people are going to watch Spider-Man Far From Home forever in the same right. way. Right, sure. So, but, like, uh, the weird thing was Jeffrey Kastenberg, who was running Disney Animation, uh, his response to the Beauty and the Beast Best Picture nomination was, we need to do that again. We need more of those. And Pocahontas is going to be our thing that's going to get us an Oscar. And I think that ended up being a big miscalculation because I think all of the ways that like, I think Pocahontas is like really cynically constructed to try to like be their version of an Oscar movie and I think is maybe the worst It falters because of it. Yeah. But at the same time, I would kind of, I kind of wish Feige would, would, would take the, Kind of cynical Katzenberg approach, and like I want to see him be like, okay, we need to like what I I I I want that I want that like even though we have all the success in the world and all the influence in the world, I would love to genuinely love to see them. T- I don't know, maybe Eternals is
0: that because Eternals
1: is the first time I've ever seen a Marvel movie actually advertise the director in the
0: trailer interesting. I would say I don't think it's going to be because literally what you've talked about, how you can digest and understand sort of everything beat for beat. And again, I know trailers are different than films, but like the last Eternals trailer, like I knew lit- and I knew the jokes before they came, the end of that tra- trailer, yeah. even with the Ikea bullshit joke, the table, yep. like the second he's like, what's this made of? I was like, they're going to make a fucking Ikea joke yeah. it's going to be after a solid beat of silence and it's going to, he's going to break it, and a boom, boom, boom. And That's I was it. like,
1: there there are things uh, like visuals in the Eternals trailer that are outside of the usual way of like whether it's like just the way scenes are lit yeah. and stuff like that or like the time of day that they're shooting in like an, an actual like location where I'm just like I, I like Chloe Joe and I, I, I do want to be optimistic because if nothing else it looks like they're making mild deviations from the way they approach things but I'm just like
0: like uh... and maybe that's how it has to turn now. Maybe now because this is the fucking tanker ship or the Death Star or whatever, it's not going to turn f- quick like it's just it maybe it maybe if the Eternals is what you're thinking mm-hmm. and maybe if people resonate with that that can sort of move the ship in that direction I'm so hoping The problem is when it becomes divisive like last Jedi because yes. last Jedi took a swing in my opinion it hit it out of the park it made it made me excited about Star Wars again I was so excited about Star Wars and then they took it away because people were divisive about it and that to me was I don't even care what side of the argument someone is on, but the fact that the studio was like, oh, and no, and we're just going to on this and kind of put it all back together. And, oh, hey, Palpatine, we announced it on Fortnite, remember? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I I, I am I am so angry at, like, I, I, I'm not going to do the podcast uh, on the next Star Wars movie, whatever that is. I don't think I'm going to see the next, next Star Wars movie. I watched Mandalorian. I like John Favreau. I like what they did. I like kind of a, a sort of, uh, for a lot of those it's episodic it's kind of like Adventure of the Week and you have the uh, the Grogu tie-in or whatever yeah
1: I'll, honestly as much as I'm like I have, I have a bunch of mixed feelings about The Mandalorian yeah. uh, I enjoyed most of season 2 more than season 1 uh, the very end of the season 2 annoyed me um, <laughs> but I but like for a lot of it I'm just like it is an extremely popular extremely successful show that is actually episodic yeah. in a way where I'm just like you could start what any if, episode of that show and have it make enough sense to enjoy it. Let me put it this way: my parents have watched the entire series of The Mandalorian. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and like I I I was visiting them at one point and I, they were starting season two and I want and I walked or, uh no it, it, um, wait season two uh, that's uh, the Timothy of the Elephant one they're on Tatooine right yes
0: they eventually get there yeah
1: yeah but I uh, I remember like going being like. Hey, you know that you know that planet. You know you know you know, you know Tatooine. They're like, no, and, uh, <laughs> and they're like, we don't know what that is. I'm like, that's that's where Luke Skywalker's from. And they're like, okay, great. And uh, but like they don't care about any of the connective stuff. They don't know they 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 have they, seen Star Wars. They don't remember anything. Yeah. And um and the Mandalorian works for them. I do not see my parents like uh turning on Falcon the Winter Soldier. No. and like, Yeah. Watching that.
0: So so I think. If 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 the Last Jedi because it's the same company is is anything to learn for, like I I hope that they've learned the they 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 made a course correction after that that I think was a mistake and I think inevitably tarnished what Star Wars is. And it's also so
1: strange because lest we forget, the Last Jedi is the highest grossing film of twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was an enormous. Oh, I, I mean, like basically, it was enormous financial success. It was an enormous critical success it was just fans who
0: yelled and and this is the thing i hope and, and
1: also then the rise of skywalker fucking dreadful and it made way less money yeah
0: so i'm hoping that the mistake that they made with that course correction is that and I'd, to be perfectly honest, just in my opinion, I'd rather they do that with Star Wars than Marvel. So, I, again, that's that's a personal thing. You can have your own cup of tea and enjoy it as much as you want. I think that if they can learn the best case scenario from that thing, and the next time they deviate, maybe with Eternals, and it has a bit of controversy, but it still makes money and the conversation is still going, don't instantly correct back. That's I don't think that's the right move for, for the longevity of your franchise mm-hmm. and for the longevity of movie going like at some point I've often thought this and it feels like you've hit this point, And I'm wondering when I get there, when will I be just bored with the formula? It will come. Mm-hmm. There will be a day. Will they transition or turn the boat slightly enough to keep me hooked continually? Or will there be that ra- that part where I'm just like, ah. like, cause I'll never, I'll never turn my back on it. Oh no, same. I'm trash
1: and I'm going to watch every one of these <laughs> in the theater. And and to be clear, it's like uh but but like this is kind of why I've become just in general more interested in uh DC movies over the past couple of years because once DC kind of got out of the Snyder business mm-hmm. and uh and just stopped trying to make anything connect to anything else and it just like whatever, let's yeah. just hire some interesting filmmakers and like have them make these movies. And and it's just like Look, uh, I'm not even saying I like, I mean, but, like, you go from, like, Aquaman to Shazam to Birds of
0: Prey to, like... To Joker. To uh, Yeah, I, I don't like Joker. I don't like Joker either, but I but here's the thing. I'm glad that they did a thing that's different with the Joker. Right! It, it, but, but even it's if like, it's not for me.
1: Yeah, like, I went into that movie j- so interested, being like, I don't know what this is gonna be. To, to like, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, to, like... The Batman and stuff like that, I'm just like, these all, you know, feel different. There is, like—and at this point, I'm just like, as much as, like, maybe Marvel might have a higher batting average of, like, you know, know, good movies to bad movies. (laughs) If nothing else, like, I'm excited about the fact that with the DC ones— I don't know what th- they're gonna feel different from each other, and I don't really know exactly what to expect from each one yeah. and um, and at this point, I'm just like, because a-, a thing l- l- like I'm just like, look, uh, I've become you know uh, like I I have I have the I, there's so many comics that I still have not even read uh, and uh, you know w- where I can get my like tight connected universe stuff. And um and I'll still watch the Marvel movies. I'll still enjoy most of them. And uh, but I'm just like, but like you know, DC seems to be actually taking like some risks. Yeah. And uh and and I I I've just I've come to crave like just you know unfamiliarity in these things. Like that's why the end of the Mandalorian season two bummed me out so much. Where I'm just like, oh, so this is just gonna be like you know the nostalgia hits of like, hey, there's that thing that that character you liked before doing the thing that you expect, but in like a slightly shinier like suit.
0: I liked the end of that only because it was, it felt to me like the one time outside the reveal of baby Yoda that they did it. They didn't like hit you constantly. Like again, like Marvel does. And I like it in that context. Right. But like, I think the only reason I gave that a pass is because I was like, you didn't do it the whole time. What a what a nice little, sure, dopamine, thank you, like mm-hmm. whatever. But regardless, uh, we've, <laughs> we've been chatting about so many things other than Shang-Chi for so long. Let's get final thoughts down on this particular entry of the MCU. And it's so hard to nail down, like, in it, with everything that we have said, how to sort of, like, glean these films outside of, and I'll just say mine and then I'll give you sort of the final word. I enjoyed this movie far more than i thought i would in my head with the release date i thought i was like black widow is gonna be my jam shang chi will be fine eternals will be fine uh you know and then i i want i'm so i think it's a layover from again what they're doing for um uh the next spider-man film i am just so psyched to see doc ock back and like all that whatever that's going to be even if it's a clusterfuck I'm, like, that's always like, ooh, what if it's great? Right. Um, I, I, also, I just,
1: you know, the, the trailer really made, I, I like that that trailer kind of set off this whole internet wave of everyone being like, man, the Raimi movies are good. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Like, like, like suddenly people would be, like, like, the response was, like, not anything that's happening with, like, MCU characters just being, like.
0: Oh man, Alfred Molina was so good. Oh man, Spider Man so too. Oh man, so Willem Dafoe. Oh my Holy God. Willem shit. Uh, <laughs> you know. I'm something of an MCU movie myself, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> the, but 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 bottom line is, I was so pleasantly surprised with Shang Chi. I loved the structure of the film. I thought the comedy, especially delivered by Aquafina, was in the right spots. I liked the. I, even if I thought the end was like, as you put it, sort of like uh, just a mishmash of like colors and stuff on the screen with a bigger, a bigger than it needed to be stu- thing, I liked the places we ended up. And, uh, yeah, I, I am looking forward to seeing uh, these characters in the greater MCU. This is the first one that felt like I see an actual person that I feel like belongs in a new Avengers lineup. Like, yeah. I know they're doing that with Falcon, and they might do it with Winter Soldier, maybe. Um, there. Who else is—Captain uh, Marvel will still be there. Thor will probably still be there. But, like— yeah, I... And the new Black Widow, maybe. Uh, but, like— I don't know what, like, this was the thing where I was like, yep, he's an Avenger. Great. And, ooh, last thing I'll say that I like about it, I'm going to toss to you. Yeah. The way they handled the rings themselves, I thought was an int- like, because, again, they're not like that in the comic books. I liked the way they reinvented them and kind of used them in the in the sort of weaponized way that they did. Either yeah. like using them as whips or shooting them, and they come back. Like there's different interesting things because I know the rings in the book. It's been forever since I've read the comics, but like they They're all just rings on their fingers. And they, but didn't they always do like different shit? Like each one, it was kind of an infinity stone situation. I think so. Uh, like uh, I mean, I've read it. Okay.
1: I'm not super well-versed in actual, like, storylines involving right. the Mandarin. I feel uh, like, like they I,
0: were that. Like, okay. at least at least in one run that I remember them, and I'm glad because they already kind of did that. Like, they did something different. Right. So I would say, yeah, if you like these movies, go see it. Uh, it. It's a lot of fun. I would, honestly, this is one of the first ones in a while where I'd say, like, if you just want uh, the Marvel Formula Action movie, but you haven't seen 80% of them, you'll still like this. Yeah. Like, it's... The, it. I feel like even Black Widow falls a lot on, like, you kind of need to know Black Widow's story, or at least to have the emotional resonance, because, again, that's not even her movie. It's really Florence Pugh's movie, and, mm-hmm. like, that gets cu- confusing in general. I don't know. Go see Shang-Chi. I think it was pretty good. Patrick, final thoughts on the film?
1: Yeah, I uh, I also uh, had, a, had a good time. It, it is a movie that, okay, I do think it's pretty good. Uh, it, uh, it, it did... A few things that were either like refreshing or surprising, while also doing stuff that I'm just stuff that I'm tired of seeing from Marvel. Honestly, I in the mid credit scene uh, was the mid credit scene the one with uh with 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 Wong and uh, And, uh, and, and Captain Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner where uh, where they bring uh, Shang-Chi and Katie in to, like, meet the other people. Honestly, there, um, as much as I'm always happy to see Mark Ruffalo, um, I was kind of like, yeah, c- c- can- I'd rather just see him with, like, his own sequel. Like, give him a sequel th- w- that costs half of what this costs, and, like, I don't need to already have him dragged into, like, Big cosmic shenanigans, or or, or whatever. Like I, I, I'm kind of exhausted by the MCU in general. Uh, But I did enjoy this movie, and I'm sorry I've been such a bummer about this thing everyone likes. Here's the truth:
0: I am such a fanboy beyond this stuff, and Shahir does rein me in and has many of the same opinions. I feel like you do it. I I like having to. Com- not, this, this is this is going to sound more combative than I think it means to. You. I like trying to figure out why I am so loyal to this thing. Mm-hmm. I think I br- had a rather large breakthrough earlier in the it podcast. It seemed That way, well, th-
1: this was me for like at least a couple years. I, I I think uh, really the year between Infinity War and Endgame, just being like, why aren't I more excited? <laughs> I this is everything I want. What's wh- am I broke? At, like j- that. That's why we. Uh, When we did those MCU videos, we presented the first one as just like kind of like a shot for shot recreation of uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas with me as as Charlie Brown just being like, everyone else loves this. I should be happy. (laughs) Why aren't (laughs) I? Yep. Wow. And uh, that's
0: how I felt. All right. Well, this has been the only podcast about the film Shang-Chi. Patrick, thank you so much for... (laughs) for just doing crushing the co-hosting gig on this. Uh, Such
1: a pleasure. I've been here for so many (laughs)
0: hours. (laughs) When you have not been here for so many hours, where can folks find you?
1: Uh, You can follow me. uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Patrick H. Willems. Uh, I'm on YouTube, where I talk a lot more about movies. Uh, YouTube.com slash Patrick H. Willems. And if you were... uh, confused about all that talk about my channel at the beginning um maybe it'll make more sense if you check out the videos yes so that's no, it
0: please do they are absolutely phenomenal uh, and I've enjoyed I I, I try to uh, I try to get through a few as, as like I, I I worry about getting through too many too quickly because like I often find if I start watching YouTube like a specific YouTube channel I like mm-hmm I'll leave it on in the background. Right. And I don't want to do that. Like, I want to sit down and watch one of your videos. So I've been I've been I getting through that. slowly but surely. Uh, and then, of course, you can find all of my life and works over at, uh, let's see, all the places. My website, matthewkroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for all my stuff there. You can also follow me on Twitter at EmberMSK or Instagram at Skeletor4Prez. That's also my PSN if you want to play some games, whatever. Uh, Also, please check out the good work we are doing over at Extra Credits. I believe by the time this comes out, we will be up to episode two of our Rasputin series, uh, which is very, very fun. Uh, And uh, there's a special EC episode coming out a little bit off the cuff, uh, which will probably come out two days after this. Uh, that I would love to hear your opinions on. Of course, you can always email us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us what you think about the MCU. Have you had a breakthrough moment while listening to our conversation, either yaying or neighing the MCU in your own personal existence in collaboration with the entirety of the cinematic history of our species? Let us know, or if you just liked the movie and the, the ring whips were fun, whatever. Uh, that's it. I've I've rambled. We've talked for two hours. One final note. Yes.
1: Uh, and if anyone knows why Bill Pope is credited as William Pope in the end credits, something that has never happened in his like 40 year career, please let us know because I'm very
0: interested. That was the first thing that Patrick said to me when the credits rolled. And 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 then we got Shows you my priorities. No, but it's interesting. And we talked we talked about is this a subtle nod to to well known films film craftspeople? wanting the paycheck but not wanting the name like it, what if you have a theory on that please send it in um and as you can hear from my cat she's like what the fuck why are you still talking feed me we will talk at you next week with another film i don't know what it's gonna be patrick thank you again so much it's been such a pleasure and uh, we'll talk to y'all later bye